All right, Grizz Nation, we are back. Uh, this is the Fight on Montana podcast. Uh, if you're viewing this, uh, Angel is not here. Uh, he is unable to come because he had some car trouble. Uh, and so we have awesome guest hosts with us today. Not Angel. I love that. Uh, <laughs> Michael Kemper, a season ticket holder, uh, Ultra Gifts fan. Um, and then also Luke Rounds. I mean, am I saying the last name right? Yep, rounds. That's right. I I always, if anyone watches or listens to the podcast, I always pronounce names wrong, and it, oh, it we doesn't know. matter. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm known for that. Uh, but he is a former Grizz player. Uh, played uh, 99 through 2000, then um, got into some coaching, and so we are very thankful, guys. I can't thank you guys enough for coming onto the podcast, uh, spending a couple hours with us. Not, not too long, because um, I know you guys have lives and stuff, but uh, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having us. Exactly. Yeah. No no problem, guys. Well, before we get into um, the big the big stuff, we wanted to give a uh, Grizz update just to let you guys know some things that are happening around uh, the University of Montana. Uh, basketball, they had their Zootown Classic. Uh, this last weekend, uh, they actually tied for the championship with three other teams or two other teams going two and one. They beat St. Thomas, they beat Merrimack, and then they lost to Troy in a weird game that I thought they were going to be pretty much the till the second half. They were winning that game and then fell short. So uh, they are actually currently playing on ESPN Plus against MSU Northern as we speak. Hopefully they win that one. And then they'll be uh, on Sunday at Air Force, uh, at the Air Force Academy. So uh, good luck to them. Shout out to them. And uh, if you are not having ESPN Plus, uh, totally go check it out. It's 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 great. Uh, I, I know I've loved it. Um, you know, I still had to pay for it, but it's not on Pluto. Uh, but it's a little bit higher quality of a, a broadcast, so. Yeah, I, I've got ESPN Plus and love it. I watch volleyball games, basketball, the football, and if you miss it, you can watch replay. Which I exactly, I think exactly. Knowing I have I have two kids, and the brawl game was so hard watching because they were like up, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch a live game, and it was probably like it was really hard for me not like to. <laughs> All right, we're done. Yeah. Um, even even because it was a horrible game as well, but um, yeah, it, it is always nice to be going back in to watch any game that you want, um, and then all the big sky as well. Um, so if you want to scout on people too, so yeah, um, women's basketball they had a really cool thing. I don't know if any of you guys know this. They had a like kid day where on. Oh, I think it was was it, yeah the eighty two. No, that that wasn't the kid. I don't day. know if that was the kid day. No, I think it was. It says two p.m. I think you're right. It said that was yeah. a two p.m. But that, that's it's a Sunday lot. though. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a Sunday. Yeah, that's a Sunday. So but they did the have day, a game, the the one before right. this. They had a they had a kid day where like they blew the, the team out by like thirty points. This was on Sunday when they played. Um, they beat North Dakota eighty two to seventy seven, and they have a Thanksgiving. Um, tournament that they're going down in LA um, playing Wichita State and the University of California. Uh, I do not believe those are on ESPN plus. Um, but yeah, the Lady Grizz are awesome and, and fun to watch. If you haven't watched them, 
definitely go check them out. Uh, it's going to be a fun year with them. Uh, volleyball, man. It is It is that time of the year where they are finishing up their season. They are in the Big Sky uh, Conference Tournament. They're playing the four seed. We got the five seed uh, in Sacramento State. And they are playing actually tomorrow at 1 p.m. Um, you can follow that on ESPN Plus. So should be a pretty good, pretty good game. They come into this game, the last two games, beating Idaho State three to one, and then also losing to Weber State one match to three uh, in Ogden. So uh, they are not going to be home at all. So you're going to have to watch them on ESPN Plus. Hopefully the ladies keep on uh, rolling because they've had an amazing year. And volleyball to me just is just an amazing sport because I know that I don't have the athletic ability to be able to jump and hit a ball and all sorts of kind of things that I, I don't have the skill for. So, um, so did you see that uh, the coach just got Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I was just going to go over that oh, and just awesome. say, say uh, yeah, yeah, congrats to Coach Lawrence because she did get Coach of the Year, and yeah. uh, we had her on the podcast, and she's like the nicest lady that you'll ever meet uh down to earth uh so good for her good for like how she's kind of got that program back into a spot where it, it's it's nice to see um and then also the players right yeah. uh carly anderson and also Paige clark clark carly got second team and then uh Paige got first team so congrats to them as well uh go cheer them on hard tomorrow uh, against Sac State, and hopefully they keep on going and make the national trip. That would be awesome. I don't think, oh, yeah. and I, I don't know when the last time we ever, if we ever have made the national tournament in volleyball. So I don't, I don't know if we have either. I mean, we've had some decent teams, but I was fortunate we were back for the Eastern game. We went to that Grizz Cat volleyball game. Oh man! Holy cow! Those girls. I mean, they are good. Really. <laughs> I mean, it was that was a heck of a good time. So yeah. I wouldn't want to take, uh, and I've seen like girls like take uh, one of the volleyballs to the face and just like bleeding, and it's like they hit those things pretty hard. Oh yeah, they do. Oh man, I would not want to want to be the the libero, the person that has to dig all those balls because that yeah that would hurt. So, uh, but let's get down to it, guys. Um, <clears throat> let's recap, recap, recap. Re-crap. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Oh right? man. <laughs> It, yes, it was it was not a good game, guys. Uh, not how I thought it would go. Uh, it was like the the 2019 version <laughs> coming back. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, what were your thoughts? Mike, what were your thoughts? Um, first of all, um, what you thought going into it, maybe what you thought halfway through and did you finish? <laughs> did you stop watching? Yeah, so um, I guess going into it, I thought, it, like like you were saying, I thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was. You know, I thought defensively we've been able would have been able to do some things, and then offensively, um, being able to move the ball a little bit, just knowing that their defense um, hasn't been as great this season. Um, I guess I came out of it more confused than anything. Like I, I was. I guess I have one glaring question. Maybe Luke, you you know, being on the defensive side of the ball, maybe you can answer this a little bit. But my biggest question is like, what could our defense have done? It just seemed like to me we were just getting torched on the ends. Like it just looked like we weren't fast enough in some sense. But also, I mean, it was 
five, eight yards. They were upfield before we could even touch them. Like they were just on blocks and we could not just get off blocks. Um, again, just, that's just from a fan perspective, but I'm just like, <laughs> what, what could we have done on defense? I mean, to, to make it like, if we meet again in the playoffs, like where's our hope? Like, what could we do defensively? Cause they were just kind of running at will. I mean, yeah. what they threw seven passes, nine passes the entire game. They didn't have to pass. They could, they could do whatever they wanted. So yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know, Luke, do you know, like what, what can we do? So I saw a few things there. Um, one right, the one thing I noticed right away is I, I thought maybe we were almost too amped up. Guys mm-hmm. were overrunning assignments, turning their yeah. head strong on the ends when they shouldn't be and committing to the wrong person. What it reminded me of is back in the day when we used to have to play Cal Poly and they ran that stupid oh, triple, triple option. option. Yeah. And if you didn't stay on your assignment or if one person didn't, it screwed the whole thing up. And as I was watching, I'd see guys just turn wrong, and it was like it was almost like some of them were like I felt like too amped up and just over pursuing and think, oh, that guy's got it, and then the other guy would come around the edge and stuff, and then you know our tackles too going down hard, and then they get pushed to the mm-hmm. sides. They're in that dang outside zone where whichever yeah. way you're going to go, they're just going to start pushing you. Yeah, and it's I mean as a D lineman, that's frustrating. You, you think you're going the right way, and then they start pushing you out. But and then the other thing that was driving me nuts was the arm tackling. Usually oh, we. Gosh. Yeah, through the guys and everybody was arm tackling. Boy. I was like, did we just forget everything yeah. about tackling? I, it was it was driving me nuts. And so I actually, I live in Rapid City, South Dakota, and I run the the, the satellite party. Mm-hmm. And we had usually it's seventy thirty Grizz fans. We had a darn wedding party show up. Oh no! <laughs> All Bozeman fans that found out about it, and so we're packed with Bozeman people, and they're just you know, oh, I was. So pissed. <laughs> then I got even more pissed because as they kept scoring, none of them were even paying attention to the game. After like it had gotten to the 40s, they were just sitting around BSing and not even like paying attention. Like <laughs> score. you wouldn't even know Bozeman scored. And I was just like, wow, I was I was very unhappy that day. Oh <laughs> man. Well, and you know, let's give like a little breakdown. So uh the total yards, the neighbors 561 yards. We had 315. 439 rushing yards to our 96. Um, and so, you know, passing yards, 219 for us. They they had 122 on nine nine or 10 passes. That's, that's pretty good. They, they were averaging 12, 13 yards a, a pass. Yeah. Um, you know, first downs weren't that glaring. I think that's like 31. That's the official on, on Go Grizz would be 31 to 23. But, man. Like, like, like Mike, you said, they were getting eight yards of carry before anyone, anyone in their area would hit or try. And then also one thing that stuck out to me is, is yeah, we would miss the tackle, which that was glaring, but then it took a while for other people to be there. And usually when we have that first initial hit, somebody's right there, right behind us. So we got two or three guys tackling one guy at the same time. That was alarming. Um, and just the the way they did it like you know they're going you know they're going to run the ball right and one thing that kind of like broke out to me is is they didn't really do anything different the only thing that i saw was that they they had the cornerbacks kind of rush in a couple times which did help it but you can't always do that but bring in the safeties bring down the safeties if they're if you're no and and bobby said this we knew they weren't going to pass they're not that great, great of a passing team. We know they're not. They know they're not. 
well, then why would you have safeties, you know, 20 yards or 15 yards back? If you know they're not going to pass it, bring those guys down so you have someone someone to, you know, get off the block because we weren't getting off blocks at all. That's what like our, makes their sense, wide res, their wide receivers were they're blocking the heck out of our corner. Yeah. Well, so I mean, we have I, I consider some of the top corners in the league, and their passing mm-hmm. offense isn't very good. Man them up for the corners, yeah. you know, two receivers they have out there, and put yep. you know eight, eight in the dang box if you need to. I mean, it's you know that's what they're gonna do. We got Ford out there who's I mean locked down, and yep. you know, Walker, whoever wanna put on the other edge, but we all knew what they were going to do. It's like, yeah. I didn't know why we didn't adjust. And then, so I thought, okay, maybe at halftime. And then, you know, when we didn't go for it on that fourth and inches, I felt like we'd, we'd just, that was it. They're like, nope, we're, we're done. We're not going to even yeah. try. It's, it felt like that was the point where we like, we're done right there. I, I well, still had that point basically. So. That's a good point. And I wonder what the, thought process was there just because like we had zero success on defense. So why in the world would we give back the ball? Um, I mean, I, I don't know the whole game. It didn't feel like if they were already starting on their side of the 50 or within the 20, like they were finding the end zone. So was it that much of a gamble to go for it there in the fourth one? I don't know. Um, Back to my point. Yeah. We wouldn't meet MSU again until if we made it to the championship because on the other side of the bracket, but a team that sticks out to me um, is North Dakota State. You know, if we get past our first round game, um, just a power running football team. And <clears throat> I guess it kind of goes back to that, Luke. Maybe it's just assignment football and just getting back to the fundamentals. Um, but like, yeah, like I said, missed tackles were uncharacteristic. Um, not getting off blocks was, was kind of an eye opener <laughs> as well, kind of a shock as well. So I don't know, maybe there is a little hope there, but, um, you know, last year at this time, I I, would, I think I was talking to you, Adam, like I would have pl- loved to play in DSU because I really liked our run defense yeah. and I think we would have matched up really well with them. And like I said, leaving this game, I'm a bit confused. So I don't know. I don't know. It's like, like if we get out of that first round game, if I like that matchup still or not, just kind of what we saw um, this weekend. But Well, um, and the only thing with that, Mike, like I uh, what's different is NDSU they don't they don't run they don't they don't run their quarterback as much and right. so um you know with you know going more back to East, Eastern Washington Eric Berry like he he could have torched us last year and mm-hmm. and, he, and he was more like driven to pass the ball and, and you can kind of see that sometimes where our defense we pursue a yeah. lot right and we over pursue sometimes and and, and sometimes it, it helps us sometimes it doesn't but uh, uh that's one of our defense's struggles is they're going to over pursue and they're going to get that pressure so you know i think that ndsu yeah it'll be it'd be a hard matchup but just because they don't run their quarterback i think they're gonna they have a beast of uh, a running back or is they he a do. fullback or a one back line linebacker yeah, he, yeah he's let, let, yeah yeah, he's he's a I mean he's a horse. Oh my god, he is. They do it from power, and it's like they come at mm-hmm. you. And they, they like they love pulling their guards and tackles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think our defense is more suited to that. Mm-hmm. Than, I agree. Than what the cats did. I mean, 
like I said, again, that uh, really remind me of that dang triple option or something the way they were yeah, doing man. that. Especially, it felt like it threw us off when they had Chambers and Milan in. Even yeah. though Milan went, he was then a receiver. You just got to treat him as a receiver then. But it just it felt like it felt like it confused the defense a little bit when that happened. They did look very confused. Yeah. I mean, like trying to play catch up every set. Like it's yeah. just yeah. But um, on that note, Adam. However, yeah. do you feel like? we just created a blueprint for how to overcome our defense for well, other teams. You know, there was already a blueprint out there to, for passing teams, right? Yeah. Over the middle. Over I mean, the middle. last year, Sac State, um, James Madison. Yeah. So um, I, I think that that was already out there. Uh, I think with, with rivalry games, they're so different. The passion and stuff is so different that you sure. kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and, and looking at, you know, uh, what Bobby had said that he he and you never know what if, if you believe it or not. He says he's not he, he hasn't watched the film, um, but you know I wouldn't expect it. Is if this is such a bad loss, they just want to wash it out of their mouth and just yeah. we're we're on to the next yeah. one, right? So um, if they do, I I would hope we would learn from our mistakes. But this year, man, <laughs> we haven't learned from our our mistakes this year, and, and I don't know if it's. Uh, players or if it's coaching or if it's both or if it's just like hey we don't have the guys to kind of switch up what we're doing because in the nfl and i know some bigger colleges they have different schemes right they if something is happening inside the game they can go back and say hey we're going to play this type of defense with our defense that we play it's so different can we play differently in that scheme um, I have no clue because I'm not that big of a, a knowledge on the three three five, but it just seems like the unwillingness to do that and just stick with it the whole game. And and I put this out there, just it, it's insanity, right? It's the def- yeah. legally the definition of in, insanity, and I, I have no clue. Well, I th- I think that you know with the three 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 five, one thing they could have done is like instead of you know having three the three down linemen, you could have taken. And thrown Alfred out as one more D yep. lineman. We have big yep. guys down there, and then where O'Connell plays, put another one of our regular DNs out there, mm-hmm. and, he, and then move O'Connell and just kind of shift them all around. So we're putting bigger guys as the backs, and and then that nickel position have one have like one of our bigger linebackers in there, and just bring the bigger guys down in there so we don't have all these little guys, and really just hammer the box there and yeah, stay to your assignment and stuff. And it just, I mean, yeah. some of those holes were crazy because <laughs> they're. They, it felt like they were confused, thinking, oh, he's going to get the ball and they over-pursue because they just like, oh, we're going to try to attack it beforehand. And then usually we see our defense just swarm to the ball, and you didn't see that at all. It was a yeah. guy falling down here, a guy falling down. I mean, there was even a couple of times you see Robbie missing tackles. Who doesn't mm-hmm. miss tackles? I mean, guys, right. that, it just felt like every guy in the defense had about their worst game they could have on the same day. You know, or, it just, it just, it didn't look like the defense I'd seen before. I mean, well, on our right. defensive ends, like you would think, you know, and then I was going into this game, like, okay, we're not going to want to over pursue on our ends, right? We kind of, and like you said, Luke, is we kind of have to play it like an option team where yeah. we have to c- keep them contained. But our defensive ends were coming in way out, and that just left holes, like yeah. huge cool. holes. Huge holes, and especially so you for that outside zone they run. Oh. That's the, they love it if you over pursue in that outside zone. <laughs> it just sets it up. It's, yep. oh. Yeah, it, it was so hard to watch. But and like you said, we didn't get the pressure, and you know that that 
probably wouldn't have happened because they didn't pass the ball, right? We're not going to be able to get the pressure. But you would think that that how we pressured that would have gotten some pressure on their running backs. And I think we did it sometimes uh, a little bit in the second half. But I also think in the second half, they, the neighbors kind of put, you know, their their legs off the gas pedal as well. In some instances, yeah. um, I think. And, you know, that's that's nice of them because we weren't going to be able to do anything. Um, but zero sacks, again, couldn't couldn't come off the blocks. Um, and, you know, Robbie needs I think he needs like 14 or 15 tackles now to be the all time uh, tackle leader in uh big sky history so you know hopefully he can get that but man how, well, I, I i didn't want to but i kind of wanted to but i i, I didn't <laughs> i didn't want to get depressed like just to count how many tackles we missed go back and re-watch it because man there was three or four tackles per play yeah well i usually rewatch every game i didn't <clears throat> oh, this one no. i was like i just i just can't no uh, and i don't know what it is about the, the litter box, but apparently snappers hate it there because <laughs> gosh, yeah, we, launched yeah. we launched one and I don't know why, how our punters and trained it booted out of the end. Right. Well, like that's what I was, I was going, like he was running towards, I'm like, just kick it, just kick it. No, 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 no. Yeah. Touchdown. <laughs> just, I don't, I just like, I mean, usually our special teams is so on point and it just hasn't been this year. No matter how much Bobby said, that, you know, oh, it is, and all this, you know, it's just like, man, come on, it is. It's it needs it's it's struggled this year. So, well, you and know. you know, we Patrick Rohrbeck has been an awesome punter, and I think yes, by yes. the end of this end of his career, he'll probably be one of the best punters in Montana football. And from my perspective, I, I, I've interviewed him; like he bleeds maroon, right? He's yeah. not gonna be. Uh, going anywhere else. He this is his number one school, and yeah. so I think we've got a good punter. But how you know how many block field goals and extra points yeah. in in it? I, I don't. I haven't even seen the freshman Camden uh, capture since the first game where he missed yeah. two, and they haven't gone back to him. So um, it, it it's crazy with how we are in special teams, and even they were kicking to Flowers. They were, yeah, they were flowers. They weren't scared one bit and flowers would get, you know, maybe 15, 20 yards, but he wasn't breaking like no. we usually see. Yeah. We weren't getting the wall set up and stuff. And just, no. it's, it was such just a, a weird game. Like you yeah. said, it felt like 2019 again. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. like, and I mean, I think about they, I mean, they had a lot of plays with Tommy last year and we just stuffed them. Yeah. And got it. But this year, man, it was, yeah, that was and so when I you asked how we felt on the game, I felt confident. I thought we were gonna beat their ass. Like yeah. I felt confident about it and stuff because after I'd saw them play against NEU and Northern Colorado and just and then how we played against Weber when we had no offense, I thought, yeah. man, we're gonna put a bunch of points up and all that. And then we fumble the ball on the one again and just yeah. like just the mistakes. It just felt like like we just one thing led to another, to another, and we couldn't, we just couldn't find that piece to overcome it. Yeah. Well, let's go into the offensive uh, perspective. You guys have any last thoughts on the defense? Um, I'm just so glad that we have another game so they can get it right. I mean, that's, yeah. after the game, my wife said that. She's like, I hope we make the playoffs because I don't want the seniors this to be their last game. 
That would yeah. be terrible for this to be your last <clears throat> game ever. And I felt the same way. I was like, when I found out we got SEMO, I was like, thank God. Now yeah. we can, you know, get a have a get right game, hopefully. And hopefully, yeah. Yeah. That, that, we'll that's later, though, so. Yes, we'll get to that later. But um the offense, you know, we had that great first drive, and I I thought we could we had a chance, you know, like we're like, okay, we, we went this is gonna be a high scoring game, you know. We were going uh drive for drive. Second drive did not go well. Um, and it, the, going further on, the play calling was predictable. We were taking some longer shots. Um, that, that was nice to see. But Lucas wasn't himself, and you could tell no. by that because when he would, when the pocket would collapse, he would just look around and just like, okay, I got to throw the ball because he just could not run. And so that's kind of leery to me. Like, okay, if we can't have him and he got hurt, you know, third quarter. Um, and I think, you know, he slid and, you know, that his brace kind of got caught up in the grass or in the turf and, and kind of did something. I don't know how you come back, you know, you re-injure that, that knee. And we can get into this later on. Um, but it, it, things were not going our way on offense after that first drive. Yeah. And so, you know, and, we, and we've been going over this all year, it seems, you know, just not willing to take the risk, not willing to just, hey, we're going to go for it. Um, and, and I really feel like we've wasted two years of a special defenses, um, not willing to to make that jump. Um, but yeah, and, and fumbling it again, like you said, Luke, um, on the and I don't, I don't even know why we're running. Like, why are we running an RPO on the three-yard line? Just like, just go high formation and throw it in. Like, run in. Yeah. You know, if you have to put Braxton Hill back, there's your fullback and bust the hole open. I mean, run ISO or something. Come on. Exactly. It's easy and that seemed to be a pretty common thing in those goal line offenses this year. And, I mean, this week it bit us in the butt. I mean – you know, there, there's been some times this year where it's paid off, but I think I've had conversations with you before, Adam, like, what are we doing? Like, why is that our offense down there? But um, I don't know. Coaches know more than I do, but yeah, I was, uh, you bring up a good point like that. That shouldn't happen. Like, no. Well, and even, even if you want to do something kind of like that, like put two running backs in there, you know, do something where, you're not going to, you know, a quarterback that has a leg brace on that hurt his knee and you want him to run it where he can't run. He hasn't showed you all game. He can escape pressure and you want him to be able to act like he's going to run where they know he's not going to run because he's hurt. Yeah. Like, like, like it doesn't make any sense. Like the logical and I, I'm not by any means a coach. And, and, and maybe they can tell us more things of, of what's happening, but just the logistics and the, and the just continuity and, and, and everything just does not make any sense at all. Yeah, it didn't make sense sure. to me. And, like, I, I still don't get, like, beginning of the year we saw that cool formation with the three running backs in the back. Yep. Yep. We're doing more stuff. And it's like sometimes I feel like they go, oh, that worked. We don't want anybody to, you know, to see us doing that again. Let's just throw that right. out. 
It's like run it till they stop it, you know, or do do something different that they hadn't seen. It just felt like it felt like to me the cats were doing stuff we hadn't seen on film and stuff. And Mm -hmm. there were things they did were different. And we came in with the same old crap we've been doing all year, like our predictable stuff. And it's like open it up some more. And, And that's part of the reason why I think. Daniel Britt gives the team a little juice when he gets in there. I mean, the guy's plays with fire. He plays like he just has nothing to lose. And it's, you can tell it's contagious on the team. You see him kind of all getting excited for it and stuff. And it's like, you know, okay, at the goal line, if you're worried about this guy not being able to run, put Britt in. He can run it. Yeah. You know, he can, he can fumble it just as good too if you want. But at least, (laughs) you know, it's like, come on. I just, it feels like sometimes they're so stuck. With, nope, he's got to be. He's the starter, and he's a freshman, so we're going to do this. And it's like, yeah. come on, man. This is the rivalry game. Don't right. hold anything back, you know. Well, and, and I know and then, Bobby hates them, like with a yeah. passion. And it's oh like, yeah. Ah, well, in the offensive play calling, like you would think, like, and 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 I had talked about this to Angel, like in the beginning, like, hey, you know, going in from last year to this year, we've got to see something. We've got to see something different. They've got to take risks. And that first game where they, like you said, Luke, they had that three running back. I was like, all right, we're starting to do something here. And then we saw, you know, um, in the Weaver State game and some other games where they had two back there. And I'm like, okay, we're doing something a little bit different. But they never go back to it. And it's like, I know Bobby and, and the coaching staff is like, we don't want other people to see it. Well, you're running the RPO all the time you're you you bleed and you say hey we believe that we can do whatever we want and we're gonna run the same play same thing same formation because we think our guys are better and we can execute better than you right and so if they're willing to do that then why don't you run it like it it doesn't make any sense and 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 i've heard bobby say well everybody has is runs the whole the same thing right everybody runs the same run pass option everybody well if the neighbors can have their whole right side of their offensive line get hurt yeah and then play freshmen and sophomores and run it down the best run team in the big sky then we we should be able to do that too yeah and it just infuriates me because it's like we're stuck in this first stit of like what Bobby has been doing um, back in the 2000, early 2000s of like what he wants this team to be. And I, I really feel like, and we can get to this a little bit uh, farther down the line, but we need some different kind of, we need new blood. We need somebody with a, a different perspective, a little bit more youth in the coaching staff. Well, and it, it, it always baffles me that we've got Rosie, we got Fenn, and we have Pease, all who have been offensive coordinators. I mean, Grammy Pease was a the OC at Boise State for a time. Yeah, you know, I mean, like if if Rosie ain't getting it done, have Pease make the calls or something. Yep. Or, you know, I just you know, it almost feels like I worry about this that they're all too good of buddies mm-hmm. that they don't call each other out and yeah. you know, be like, hey. You screwed up. We need to fix this. It's like, oh, we're we got we're all too good of friends here and stuff. You know, Bobby needs to be their boss and yep. give him correction in the right direction so they can fix it. Um, you bring up a good point, Luke, about fantasy too. Like this, this is the first year with him on staff in that position, and I guess coming into the year, I was really hopeful <laughs> for our offense, um, just having that quality quality control coach. 
And I don't know, maybe it was unrealistic for me to expect things right away. Um, but I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Like how long? Well, like, my understanding until is we see the effects that Fenn, all he does is an analysis. Like really it's just like he does office analysis on the film, the yep. opponent coming and stuff and gives him tendencies and things like that. And like at practice, he can't even like, I hear he, he just, shoots the ball with like the media guys and stuff because he can't mm. practice and stuff. He's just like same with whoever our defensive um guy is too. They, yeah, they can just on. watch film. It just speeds up the process, I guess, is what and, and Bobby said that at like some of the QB club meetings and stuff. It's like they're just they can only do like gotcha. um, analysis and that's it. But even though with the analysis, he can they can still talk with each other and stuff. He just can't yeah. be like coaching the kids. He can still talk to Rosie and be like, hey this worked for us or I've got this idea and stuff and, you know, come up with some new stuff. And sure. if it's not, if it's not working, you got to do something different. Like you were saying, that's right. like the epitome of um, insanity. Yeah. <laughs> we're over again, expecting a different result. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So I have another question. What is going on with Bergen? Like, where was he? Well, and that's my next thing that I had here is <clears throat> I, I saw five, but I don't think it was Bergen. I saw Graves out there because he was. I saw out. Graves. Yeah. Yep. But like, I don't know what's. I mean, because I know he's got that messed up hand, and I was like, are they worried about it, or did he mess it up more at practice? It's just, yeah, like, he's such a vault on any injury. It's I like think he, he, he had a hamstring injury in the beginning of the year as well. Yeah. So it's like, did something else come up too, or not? I I don't know. Yeah. That, that's I mean he was he was our superstar last year. Yeah, he was in this game. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like so. I, I don't get why. I mean, that's why I, I, the only thing I can think of is that he was hurt more than we think or that we knew and couldn't go. Yeah, that worries me a little bit. <laughs> well, moving forward in this playoffs too. And also, you know, you, you think of like our playmakers, right? Fonts, like where has he been? Yeah, like right. Yeah, uh, he, I think he had one catch this last game. Grossman, he had, finally had two catches, but. They haven't been targeting their 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 athletes, and that's so, another like, like 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 how do you how do you expect to to get players here and recruit players? But if you don't have you have Grossman by far is one of the best athletes that we have on the team. He should be targeted at least six times a game, and he should be probably one of the leading receivers in the conference. Because how good he is. He's such a mismatch. And we don't yes. miss him. Well, and that's that another. Is when Britt's in and Britt throws in the ball. Yep. Like, yeah. yeah. That's another glimmer of our offense where I guess we've seen light before is, you know, you're talking about the different sets. But also when you are getting your tight ends, you know, specifically Grossman involved, like our offense has been moving the football. Yep. And then like you're talking about Luke, like we just we just kind of go away from that. For, yeah, you know, and, it's like, oh, that worked. Well, we don't. They'll, they'll know next time. So throw that one out. It's like no, right? Again, I mean, keep, right? It's working. Keep throwing. I throw him the ball until they finally stopped him. You know, it's like he's such a mismatch out there. Yeah. And why we don't use that more, I don't get it. And like you said, with fonts too. I mean, at the beginning of the year, we heard P saying this is the most talented wide receiver room yeah. that he's ever seen, and we're not spreading the ball around to him. Exactly. I, I just, I don't get it. Well, and, and, you know, this kind of goes into my, like, next kind of, like, question to you guys. You know, we lost this game, right? On to the next one. Honestly, if we don't make, like, like how we're structured, um, I don't see 
because last year, like Mike and, we, and, and I went to the game last year, that was an anomaly because what I think helped us in that game was they had a quarterback that wasn't a truly running quarterback in what's his face? Yeah. McKay. Or McKay. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that kind of helped us at the beginning. And then they were like, oh, crap, we got to do something. So they threw Tommy out there. And I think it was too late where our guys were just like, oh, there's blood in the water. Yeah. And they were just attacking. And so knowing that, hey, they got Tommy and then they got this (laughs) Chambers, which I didn't think he was going to be playing like this. Like I I saw him at Wyoming a couple times. He didn't play like this, Um, which I think probably Wyoming (laughs) wishes they had him back. But um, crazy. I I just don't think that if this is how they're going to run their system, it's going to be hard for us to to win another rivalry game. Yeah, just because how uh, how we have our defense. Yeah, we we'd have we're gonna have to change it up and do yeah. something. I mean, like I said, playing like an option team, and that Chambers is a dude. I mean, he would yeah. be uh, a challenge for anybody to tackle. And so you can't be arm tackling; you got to drive through him. You know, um, the biggest thing I'm hoping for now actually is going. All right, vegan, take that Colorado job, man. You know, <laughs> you the, oh, take that, you know. But it, it's like I just. That's where I don't understand why we won't play more freshmen. Look what the neighbors yeah. are doing with all these freshmen. And, yeah. like, all around the country. I mean, uh-huh. look everywhere. There's freshmen out there. These guys, it's not like high school was back when I was playing where you didn't have a lifting program and figure it out yourself. You got to yeah. college and the registered and you put on 40 pounds. Most of these programs now have lifting coaches, and they have these summer programs. So they're, they are ready to play when they come in. I mean, yeah. last year we did it because we had to with like X and Bergen and stuff, and they did great. And now this year it's like, nope, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to go back to 2007 where this is how we did it. And it's like, man, times have changed. We got to change too. I mean, Alabama's changed, and they keep winning. Oh, yeah. Do it too. Yep. Well, and that's our uh, that's my next question, guys, is where, where you know, it's not us. <laughs> where do we go from here? But it's not us. Like, where – as fans, we just get to sit here, right? We're couch potatoes. We we have no play in what happens. But what what do we need to do? Like as a as a unit, what do we need to do, you know, long term for this week? Like, so let's start with this week. What do we need to do? I I truly feel like we just need to get rid of it, right? Get back some of that good juju going. Um, where we had to, you know. The last couple of games where Eastern Washington and Cal Poly kind of washed our mouth of it, but these aren't problems that are not going to go away. When we face good teams, they're going to come back, right? Um, and so I wish that you know we match up. I think we match up better with Sac State than we do with Weber State and Montana State, just because I think we uh, we we can do some things differently. Um, so I, I kind of wish we were on their side, but uh, but that that's not the point. Uh, what do we need to do? What do you guys think we need to do? Mike, you want to go or you want me to? Uh, okay, I guess <laughs> I'll you know I'll start. Um, so you were talking about this, you know, this week. Um, I think you got to regain some confidence a little bit too. Uh, just looking at that game, like it, it looked like the defense could not do anything right, you know, and. Um, with the exception of a few corner blitzes that were kind of successful, uh, it just was not a great day. So I think it, even offensively, I mean, it was pretty quiet, but I think, you know, you guys talk about the play calling. Yes. I think part of that too, and maybe I'm wrong, but part of that was 
we got to play catch up now. So we're kind of throwing our script out the window and scrambling and trying to figure out what to do here. Um, but I think across the board, you got to gain some confidence back. And I think that just comes from like how raising the bar, having a full week of just a crisp practice, um, film sesh, whatever you guys are going to do all week and just be really crisp with it. And then go out. I think you perform really well this week. And then you kind of breathe a sigh of relief moving forward. Um, that's this week. I'll wait until Luke answers on that, what he thinks, before I go on to the the year, the long term. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree with this week. I, I know that, like, you know, Hauk said they weren't going to watch the film. What I've heard is they actually cut it up and just took pieces out pieces. Like, like that they could learn from. Yeah. did more of a cut up rather than watching the whole thing. But, again, you got to flush it. And that one thing – you, college athletes are good at it. you're good at flushing it away because you can't dwell on it because it'll just bring you down so yeah. they've all flushed it and stuff and the good thing i think especially coming to this week is they don't have class i think yeah. Wednesday or thursday yeah. and so wednesday they can spend they can spend extra time watching film and stuff and then practice is going to be early at night i think they got 9 30 practice on thursday because of thanksgiving mm-hmm. but like when i was there we got we was before we had buys when we'd have playoffs i loved the fact that we had playoffs and Thanksgiving, we'd all have Thanksgiving together as a team. We yeah, used to sure. go down to like one of the buffets or something. We used to have one at the mall and we'd all eat together and stuff. And it really, I mean, would bring you together as a team and stuff. And so I think they're really that this week, they're going to focus on bringing them all together and, you know, going back to some of the basics like tackling and stuff. But this is going to be that, I think for the defense too, I think they're going to come out just pissed yeah. and, I feel bad for Simo because they're going to come out and just blow them up, especially if they're running their third string quarterback and that oh, guy isn't in. Because yeah. I've heard that he's got a hurt foot. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to be out for blood. I mean, especially yeah. like I think too, like Pat O'Connell didn't make the buck list. Ford yeah. didn't make the buck list, and that's mm-hmm. I mean, Ford. That's not his fault. They didn't throw no. him. They thrown him. Well, usually these stupid playoff teams will throw at you. The same thing happened with Trumaine Johnson. So I'm hoping they throw at him. I hope he picks yeah. him. I think I think our defense is going to be out for blood um, just because it was like the whole unit as a whole just couldn't do anything right this weekend. I mean, yeah. everybody just was off everywhere. I was like looking for someone to do it right. Like I said, even Robbie, who usually is very good at run defense and tackling was missing tackles and sliding down and just, it just was so untypical of everybody, but yeah. going. Well, forward, and it's crazy. You mentioned Luke, the, the Buck Buchanan, like, yeah. Like you, you don't get Justin Ford. You don't get uh, uh, O'Connell, which I, I thought even even before he missed those games, I thought he would be on the list yeah. and kind of farther down. I but Rob so. Robbie is there. Yeah, that's like, right. Uh, that's, yeah. I was like, well, what? Like, okay, he's had a great year, but, like, I don't yeah. has he Has he any, inter- any interceptions? Like, I don't think he's had maybe one. It, so, yeah, I don't think I saw it in his stat line. It just that surprised me that Robbie was on there. Yeah. And I mean, I saw a tweet from Justin tonight. He's not very pleased yeah. about it. I didn't but see that tweet, I think. Yeah. Like, don't screw me over on the All American list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if people know, I mean, you know, the guy is just, he's, he's, no one's going to throw at him and stuff. Yeah. So, but, well, and it's kind of been kind of cool because he, he's been interacting a little bit more than people usually players do and so that's kind of been cool i don't know if he'll get in trouble for that but (laughs) he might never know i'm a senior i don't care right (laughs) exactly what are you gonna do (laughs) well guys long term 
what would you like to see? Uh, I know that we've, we've got, and I mentioned this, we've got to make some changes. We've got to make some changes definitely on our offensive side of the ball to get some youth in there. Uh, we have not had a All-American line lineman for how long? We haven't had a quarterback that has been developed in our system for at least 10 years. Um, and so, you know, we can't, we can't keep on just going back to the transfer portal and saying, Hey, what can we fill here? Because that has, that's great and all, and we can do that for a little bit, but that doesn't, that hurts farther down the line. Um, and, and, and I'm sure they'll try to do, you know, the same thing that they did last year with, with transfer. But when you don't get those guys, it affects your depth and our depth right now with our offensive linemen, I don't know where it's at. Um, I would think we've got maybe five good guys. Um, after that, it's kind of dicey. Um, and so those are the, the, the aspects where I think we haven't been recruiting and that that needs to look at it too. And I don't know if it, it and, and I, I love coach green to death. He's a good guy. Is it, is it coaching? Is, is it what we're looking for? Is it, Hey, we're not willing to go out and, and do it. We just want the guys. And this is what kills me. They only go after the guys that come to the camp, right? Those are the guys that they kind of fix on. And, yeah. and that's great if you want to fix on those guys because they want to come to your camp. But there's a hotbed of talent in Washington that Washington, the University of Washington is getting up and, and, and other people. And you're just leaving that hotbed of talent there where you could be going, what, eight hours, yeah. eight hour drive uh, and, and going to get some of this talent. I just don't think we're recruiting well enough. I don't think we're we're using our facilities. We have the best, if not you know, top two facilities. There's no way we shouldn't be getting a all conference quarterback that wants to come play at Wagres, right? We shouldn't be getting at least two offensive linemen that are studs that want to play. Um, and though I think we're doing really well with our wide receivers, they're, they're, they're good. I think our, our running backs are, are good. Eli Gilman is going to be amazing. I'm excited for him. Yeah, he, He's he going to be good. really good. But I think that the fundamental parts where you win is in the trenches, and we're not winning in the trenches. And I've said before that the offensive line has not been good. And, and like you've said, Luke, it's it's one of his buddies, right? He's well, taking him everywhere he's gone. Well, like so Chad was there when I was there. Yeah. Coach, and, uh, you know, he was there with Stitt. And then, yep. I mean, he's, he's been there. I mean, and so I don't know if it's Chad. I mean, like when I was there, I mean, we, at the same time, we, I mean, with McFarland and Decker and Thatcher, I mean, these guys played in the league for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we had these huge dudes we could get out of Montana, which we're not getting as many of these big guys anymore. So we got to go elsewhere. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, I mean, Chad's a good guy and I think he's a good coach too. Um, and so I don't know if it's just, we're not getting the, the talent level that we want either. Um, or maybe sometimes you do need a change, you know, yeah. get a change up there, a new you know, breath of life in there just to get, get guys excited about it. But something's got to happen. I'm not, I do think Casey was a, a big get because I think he could have yeah. went. I mean, he had a lot of Pac-12 schools looking at him and stuff. So I think that was a get. But we need more of that. We can't mm-hmm. 
can rely on the transfer portal. I'm glad it's helped us. Yeah. I mean, but still, it's like we need to – we should be developing these guys, and it's his fifth year. We should have developed big offensive linemen that yep. are going to dominate. Well, and some of the some of their guys that they've developed or, or you know they're trying to develop, if you look at their their bodies, they're not they're 240, 250. And so they're really not quite ready to be those every down, you know, offensive linemen. You know, I'm glad that we got Liam Brown too, because you know, he he was thrown in there as a freshman. I think kind of got hurt, but he's got some upside. Um, and then uh the guy from Huntley, uh Grims Richard. Grims Root. He's yeah. been doing he's, really he's well gonna, as well. He's gonna be good. Yeah. He's got that defensive attitude, you know, I think on the offensive line, but he's just so young. I mean, we're yeah. we're still really young on the offensive line. But that's again that like we got him for defense and we switched him to offense because we didn't have what we wanted. That's a problem too because we sent we seem to be doing that a lot, right? We you know uh, Carson Rosted, right? We had him. He was a quarterback. Now he's he's a linebacker. And then I think um, uh, Levi Janicaro, he was a running back, and now he's a linebacker. And I think that that's good that you can do that where you can kind of get those athletes and kind of put them where they want but at the same time you've got to hit on some of these things too oh a lot of that though too just come i mean so when i was playing we had the same thing we had a lot of guys would come in as one thing like the current d coordinator at uh, sac state andy thompson he was a quarterback as a freshman and finished as a starting linebacker for us so i mean we had lots of guys that would come in in one position and then switch to another I mean, like when our first day, the redshirt freshman, I came as a defensive end. They went, oh, no, you're going to go play D-tackle, and you got to put on 45, 50 pounds. And then they took a bunch of the guys that came as linebackers. You guys are going to go play DN now and stuff because they just you recruited guys that were athletes and stuff and would change positions. And we saw a lot of guys, too, that came in as defensive linemen, and they would switch to offensive linemen and, and stuff like that. So that stuff doesn't – like I guess it doesn't bother me or surprise me when we do that because yeah. these guys – you know, I mean, how recruiting is you might bring them in. Say, oh, yeah, you're going to play this. Then you get them there. Well, now they're in the program and really needed them to fill this need because they're a dang good athlete, especially mm-hmm. some of these smaller town, you know, Montana kids. Some of them play quarterback just because of the best athlete out there. So it doesn't surprise me that we do that. And I don't think that's a terrible thing. But at the same token, when it comes to like <clears throat> offensive and stuff, you got to have the right build or structure at least i mean even if you're bringing them as a red shirt if they have the right frame then you could put weight on them and stuff and do that and if they have good feet but just bringing in somebody i mean and hoping that's that's not what we want yeah yeah definitely uh mike what are your thoughts on that just with with recruiting and and what you think on where we're at yeah so i guess the first thing that comes to mind is you know you had um another fan Corey rutan on the podcast um two years ago. Yeah. And he said something that stuck out with me is like, first and foremost, you have to win the state. Yeah. And I a hundred percent agree with that. And that's everything from, you know, the mar- marketing, uh, recruitment. I mean, everything yeah. just getting all that buy-in and with that, with that recruiting aspect, I mean, just making it a destination. And I think we still are, but, um, something Hauk said earlier this year is, you know, linemen just don't grow on trees. Um, the, true, but our neighbors down the road, and this is what I mean, kind of by win that state yeah. with the recruiting too, they're on what second, third string players, and they're doing just fine on that and the trenches too. 
So they're out there. We just have to get them here, you know? And I think something that scares me moving forward and, and, and somebody, I don't know who is reassuring me that we do have like, uh, for the NIL, we do have like a Grizz collective, but yeah. all I hear about is this Bobcat collective. And I see, you know, their players on TV, on commercials, um, you know, the rock and our bar, some lawyer firm, things like that. Um, I'm seeing a lot more of that to where, you know, Bozeman is kind of that destination for, Hey, we're going to take care of you. We have, you know, this collective, the linemen are, you know, they're doing these shirts with the linemen to get the proceeds for. And maybe it's true that the U of M is doing that well. It's just quieter, but um, that's just, that's an added battle, I guess, moving forward with that. But um, you know, like, you want to be the university, you want to win the state um, and you want Chris shirts walking around everywhere. Not, not the Bobcat stuff, not the yellow stuff. And I think, you know, there's quite that shift right now in that to where their fan base is growing a lot. Um, Not saying ours isn't, but there's just, there's a true battle in trying to win the state right now. Um, And it goes all the way to recruiting for sure. Um, And then the effects out on the field, Um, you know, and I think, the department does a good job. You know, we have the champion center center, which is awesome. We're, we're building this new um, indoor facility, which is great because it just sounds like Friday MSU announced, they just got the funding to do the same thing. So, you know, here they come. So, um, you know, just that constant battle to win the state is, is always going to be there. And I'm not saying you're only going after players in the state, but have your pick of who you want. Um, and then that, that also, trickles into out of state too. Like I was talking about linemen, all their linemen are not in state, you know, but for some reason they're, that's where they're ended up. They have a big pool of linemen to pull from where they can play right away. Um, and, and like you said, we've, we've kind of struggled there as far as, you know, like coaching staff stuff. I, <laughs> I hesitate to say anything because that's their livelihood. They know way more than me, yeah. but there does seem to be like, you're talking about, development like yes development of the offensive line 100 percent agree development of quarterbacks when have we developed quarterback you know um it's been a while um and then but but we have the opportunity too. like we'll get into it more in a moment i am excited to see what Britt does like is he the future like what what could he do the full game that'll be awesome to see um but anyway development of players in that regard uh wide receivers you know you kind of look at and I know you and Angel debated this earlier this year, but we really didn't have that go-to guy you know, pop out this year. And maybe that's not an issue. Maybe that's, you know, spreading the ball out more where, you know, last year, you know, Samuel Akem was the go-to guy. And I don't know that, and, and maybe this isn't fair for me to say again, because because I, I guess I don't know the position that well, but it didn't seem like he was getting better as the year went on with, with improvement and development. Like he was, he was pretty, you know, flatlined, I guess, as far as um, his skills and maybe sometimes dropped off. He wasn't going after balls all the time and things like that. But um, a phenomenal player, like he's he's pursuing, you know, professional football right now. And he's a phenomenal player for sure. But were our coaches really developing him like we could have? I, yeah. I don't know. But that's a position that kind of stuck out to me as well. Um the play calling offensive offensive coordinator, you know, is that, a, is that a position that we kind of look at, at changing too? You know, I, I'm, I see a lot of comments, you know, on social media about um, we need to fire him, fire this person, fire that person. And 
you know, there's a lot of fire hawks out there right now. And, and I'm kind of a believer of, well, instead of just blowing up a complete program right now, what if you change a couple positions and see what happens, you know, yeah. going back to the stit era, I know there were a lot of mixed feelings on stit where maybe, you know, did, should we have started with just replacing the defensive coordinator and Jason Seymour first and seeing and seeing where that went. Um, I don't know, but I, like I said, I mean, it's, it's definitely playing with people's livelihoods. We are already talking about, you know, firing and all that, but I guess I'm just kind of rambling now, but you know, <laughs> offensive play calling, you know, development of quarterbacks, maybe some wide receivers, offensive line. Those are kind of the things that, that are glaring to me. And then just like you talked about the ability to adjust on the fly. Yeah. Um, well, I think, and I think that you, you kind of said it perfectly. The, the three air, a couple areas that, that you have pinpointed haven't been developed or haven't been recruited or haven't, you haven't seen gains in, right? So the mm -hmm. offensive line has been stagnant. Um, and, you know, we don't know what has been done to, to get that going. I know to, to, to get it more lively, to get it more development, to get more guys in there. It doesn't seem like that. We don't know. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but quarterback position, the offensive lineman um, position and coaching that has to be addressed. Yeah. And, and from, from, fan perspective it's not getting better and it's not it to us it doesn't seem like it's getting addressed and so i i think of it as a teacher right if my kids aren't learning because i'm a teacher uh then I, i'm going to be told hey come in here we've got to teach you something else that you're got you're you're gonna have to do this this and this to get your kids higher right so mm -hmm. I, I would expect the same thing as a coaching staff but it's not getting any better so we've got to do something because if you're just going to, you know, do the same thing, other teams are catching up to us. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's the cat cats. It's Weber state. It's yeah. Sac state. Sac state. Yeah. They came. I mean, Davis is, is there. So, you know, it's not the post -bo uh, Bobby coming back kind of big sky where you can just run down, you know, you're, you're running back and just run, run, run. And things change and we have not changed. We have not changed yeah. from, from those things. And if you're not willing to change, then you gotta kind of have to get out. And I, and yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And I don't, I don't hope our, your listeners aren't just thinking we're just naysayers all the time. Like there's some bright spots too. I mean, like Ronnie Bradford, that was a great get, oh, yeah. great, great get. Um, I, I, yeah, the, the things he's done with that cornerback room are, are awesome. Um, but no, what I was going to say is, um, man, I just lost it now. Shoot. It'll come back to you. So it will. I, I was going to say with the coaching, oh, one thing I, yeah. I think that what has happened was last year we were so close. It felt right. Right. Mm -hmm. There was James. I, I felt the two best teams were North Dakota state and James Madison. Yep. And then us is how I felt last year. And so, the fact that we've kept this coaching staff together for five years is unheard of. Usually you have, mm -hmm. especially when you're doing well, coaches get plucked because they have better opportunities and things like that. Yeah. We've kept them all together because I really think there was a belief that last year, Bobby said, hey, so let's stay together. We can win the whole dang thing next year. I mean, heck, I, mm -hmm. I thought that thing in the year. I was like, man, our talent's back. All of a sudden we're getting Lucas Johnson, who should be amazing. You know, I felt like we were a quarterback away. But all this stuff and – 
you know, it felt like that at the beginning of the season, and then the Idaho game happened, and then yeah, oh, our, he's hurt. We barely lose the sack, and it just didn't pan out like we wanted. Now we have this another opportunity, you know, the playoffs. Everything's off. I mean, we can do whatever we want. I mean, who knows? We could yeah. go on and on here. It could happen. But I think that's why we had the coaching staff stay was because of that. I mean, Pease was getting looked at last year, yeah. and other people were too. So, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if we don't lose a few members. Yeah, I think so. Other too. programs or have opportunities where they go ahead and take it because I think they stuck around just to see what would happen. So yeah. that very well could happen is that we might have some shifts like that and stuff. And who knows, maybe that's why they have Fenn as an analyst right now because they they might know like, hey, Pease is going to take this job here. We know he's going to go and he's going to be a head coach right. next year yeah. or whatever it may be. But I think that's part of it is there because I do think I mean, the minds we have in that room are awesome. Oh, yeah. I think as far as development on the defensive side, it's like linebacker you right now. I mean, we are developing guys. I mean, look at Janet Carroll. Where the heck yeah. did that guy come from? Yeah. He's yeah. been playing out of his mind this year. And I think we're developing guys real well on that defensive side. I mean, Governor is unbelievable. Yeah. That's why I was so couldn't baffled by this last game. It's like, where's Gubs that I'm used to that's just blowing people up and taking on three or four people? Yeah. It just was weird this last game. So that's why I think they're going to flush it and move on. But that defensive side, it's like you can see us developing people there. We just need to do that on the offensive side, too, because that's the side that just doesn't feel like that interior stuff that we're developing as much as we should be. Yeah. yeah. So that was a, that's what I was going to say was on the coaching side of it was, you know, maybe for me in particular as a fan, I just kind of get sucked into the impatience. Like maybe I just need more patience. And I think a lot of that comes from you see like, uh, Coach Eck at Idaho, turn it around in a year. You look at Troy Taylor and what he's done at Sac State in a year. Vegan, what he did at Montana State in a year. I mean, you can go on and on, but they're all different situations. That I mean, the cupboards are <laughs> some are full, some are bare. Um, I don't think our cupboards were bare really with Montana coming in, but I, I yeah, I, maybe I just need to be more patient as a fan and not. Um, doom and gloom right away and and i don't think i have been but you, you see fans out there like again like fire everybody fire the whole staff you know fire yeah. Hopkins. um so i don't know maybe there just needs to be a little bit more patience but i do see the urgency too when you like mention these players like with all this talent we you know governor i mean they, we don't yeah. have them forever so it's like you know ford's yeah. done after this year and i mean so i think that's some of the urgency as well from people but yeah well, yeah i, I, I guess like and like you said, Mike, like you, you brought up uh Kochek, like amazing. I I don't I don't even know how he's not on the ballot for coach of the year. So I, I tweeted that out today too. I saw that. Oh my gosh. I, I saw that. that. I was just like, that's ridiculous that he's not on there. They got Troy Taylor on there. Who how is he? I mean, he did it again. I mean, he's doing the same thing. I, I I always look at that as like, look what you've done to improve the program. I mean, Troy right. Taylor's keeping it up 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 there and relevant. Yeah, and then who was the other one from our ours? It was uh, oh, vegan. vegan Brett yeah. Vegan was the other one, and I was like, "Yeah, hey, great, they have a great record." But what Eck did is crazy, yeah. and I think I think at Idaho they had the talent. I mean, they oh, have yeah. they have F- the talent. Yes, yep. guys, they had the talent. It's just that everybody had mailed it in. They were not on yeah. with Petrino. So yeah. Eck comes in, and he's a fiery guy and stuff, and he got the fire going in and got them playing with their hair on fire. And yeah. I commend him for it. And that's just I I thought that was a big miss by the FCS not putting Eck in there. I mean, he, out of anybody in this conference, took Idaho over the year before was 
goddamn dumpster fire to right. a playoff team. It's like, well, that's what I was. That's what I was going to mention, uh, Mike. That that the cupboards weren't bare with Idaho, and they have a lot of they have a lot of resources too. Mm-hmm. And you know, vegan. He inherited a a, a coach Choate team that was good. Um, yeah. And with the scheme that they're running, all they need is a quarterback that can run and a running back that can run because they're yeah. developing those linemen. Yeah. You know, Sac State. Th- they're they're in they're in a kind of a niche where they have talent all around them. So they are in a kind of a good a- atmosphere where they can get guys that are that are studs, right? I think they said like it was like ninety kids in their team are California kids. Like they're all yeah, they did. It's like yeah, something like California. Was like I, would, I that was a crazy stat to me. I was yeah. like, but like you said, you got Sacramento right there, Davis. Yep. I mean, the pool that they can pull from. Oh yeah, yeah. massive. Well, and it kind of and and kind of go back. It frustrates me because if Portland State can get offensive linemen that are <laughs> that are pretty good, then we should be able to get offensive linemen too. And it just pisses me off because we come on a recruiting trip. We're not going to show you where we play because we don't want you to know where we play. Exactly. Uh, do you? What do you think about Coach Green being the recruiting um, coordinator as well? Like he has like two full time jobs right there, being a running backs coach. Well, and the recruiting another guy that's like helping now. Yeah, There's Keaton a, Johnson. Yeah, that's helping. He's the operations of player development or whatever. Yeah, man, that's just got to take a relief off of Coach Green because I was thinking about that. I was like, how do you do both? Like that. I still think we should have a full time. Like that's all they do is especially. Yeah. This, I wish how could do, and we, I've seen some more of it where we're sending out like those tweets on like good luck for your game this weekend sort of yeah. thing. The yeah. kids retweeting them, but I mean. I know how hates social media. It's yeah. here. It's well, it's the now. Kids love it. it. Is, yeah, it's the fan base, Luke. And yeah. I and I know that you do this, and I know I do this as well. Uh, is if there's a recruit that says, "Hey, I'm going. I got offered to Montana." Like our fan base. I oh, know that that yeah. some people feel like it's kind of crossing. I have no ties to the University of Montana. I do this podcast for free. I, I don't get paid yeah. anything. Um, and so like. I'm not giving them money. I'm okay. just saying, hey, congratulations. Go Grizz. Hey, we'd love to see you wear the maroon and silver. Like, Grizz Nation needs to be doing that and showing yeah, how big of a fan point. base that the, we are. It, that that oh, is not getting used. It's surprising and, to me, like, because of Twitter. Because I, I do a lot on Twitter with Grizz. Because I, I, I'm very really active on there. But it's surprising yeah. how many, like, players will direct message me like high school kids and stuff. Yeah, and so yeah. when that first happened a few years ago, uh, Justin and I know each other. So I called Justin and was like, hey, I'm not violating anything. He goes, no, you can talk to him and tell him that you like the university. You're not doing anything wrong because you're not affiliated with us. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. But like kids will ask, like, how do I get recruited to Montana? It looks awesome up there and stuff. And like the first thing I always tell him, go to the camp. Go to the camp, go to the camp, but I'm like, but then I'll tell them stuff. I'm like, what do you need to know? I'm like, Hey, if you have any questions, hit me up. I'll tell you about Missoula. I'll tell you about the program. And I sit there and try to pump it up because I've heard stories about Sammy when he was getting recruited, coming to the league and people going, Hey, you're whoever that fan was. Thank God they did it. You're Sammy. Here's your stats. And he's like, how do you know me from Oklahoma? You know, (laughs) those kids get jacked up about that and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's why. I think as a fan, I want to help the program if I can. And as a former player, it's like, I want those kids to come here. So I want to see the Grizz be successful. 
yeah. be successful. So if if me tweet retweeting their little thing or reaching out saying, hey, nice job. Hey, you should come here. Even though sometimes because I got some cat followers, they'll you know pipe in too and be like, no, you should come to the cats. I'm just like, no, don't listen to that idiot. Come yeah. to- in Montana, but it's we need more of that. And and yep. like the NIL collective, there that is real here. But yep. still, like you said we don't. I've seen like Pat O'Connell on a few commercials. Marcus Well now yeah, we should uh, see Bergen. more. Though I mean, it's yep. like <clears throat> open and see, my why my, my thought process is is there's some legal things happening with the NCAA that are going to be starting trickling down. I think yeah. in this next period in January. And I don't and and I don't speak for the university, but I think that Montana is kind of ultra conservative in not wanting to do something that gets them in trouble. And so they're kind of extra cautious of, hey, let's kind of see where this goes. So then we can kind of because like we haven't really we've seen a couple things on the NIL collective. Uh, The Bobcat collective is huge and is out there and is in your face. Ours isn't. And so I think that we're kind of kind of watching and kind of learning before we full go. And I think a lot of that has to do with coaching, too, as what do you want your players, you know, putting out there, too. And so our guys really aren't really active in social media. I know that I and I've had a couple Bobcat players reach out to our our Twitter Um and kind of say some things. So I know that they're active in it. So yeah. I think it kind of has to go with coaching philosophy as well. Um, and so I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like. Hopefully here after football dies down, we can get somebody on from the, uh, the Grizz collective and kind of ha- ask some questions. Cause I've got, I know I've got a lot of questions and I know that fans out there do too. Um, well, I so, think that guy that runs it said he would be happy to join on like different yeah. podcasts and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I think the coaches do, limit our guys because Ford had put out a comment after I think the sack game and it was out there just for a few hours and it was gone. Yep. Like he deleted mm-hmm. it. So yep. I and there's been other times I've seen players say stuff and it's like and then it's gone. Yep. And so there's definitely handcuffs there by Bobby, I'm guessing, or somebody saying we don't do that here. Which, well and that's that's gonna that and sorry to interrupt you. Like no. there's two things that that's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt recruiting, right? So that's gonna hurt getting players here because they want to be able to to, to be themselves, right? They want to be able to um, come where they can be themselves and they want to be able to get their brand out there, right? It's all about branding yourself so you can get money. Also, the fact that we don't really look for our playmakers on our offensive side of the ball, I and this is like I'm scared because I'm like, oh, man, in the offseason, you know, how many guys – are yeah. going to be like, ah, eh, I can go find. And, and I don't, I don't, th- th- that's the thing is, is players have to do what's best for them. Yeah. Especially if they want to go to the league, they have to, they have to make sure that they're finding a, a place where it, it fits them. And yeah. so if there's other players that are going to leave after this year or, or thinking about it, it's happening to North Dakota state, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by, yeah. by the a handful and so I, I know that ours will happen and it happens every year, yeah. but just with our playmakers not really getting, you know, targeted, it, it, it's in the back of my head like, oh, man, is this going to be a huge off season where we lose guys? Well, that's what I'm hoping with this SEMO game that yeah, hopefully we learn from this last game some more and we see him spread the ball around and do some of that because get these guys having fun. That last game wasn't fun for anybody. Yeah. So, 
you know, and that's what, I mean, football's supposed to be fun. So get the ball, spread it around, let these guys go. And if Lucas is hurt, put Britt in. Let's see what he's got. He, I mean, every time he gets in, I, I feel that, that, you know, just like he's got that it factor. Like, like he's not afraid of anything and he's going to play with his hair on fire. So yeah. why not go for it? You know, especially think- Lucas can't run. That's going to, that takes away one of the best parts of his game. So why limit him? Why not try this? I mean, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I, I everything I see tells me, I mean, the way he paints his face, even like he thinks he's a middle linebacker playing quarterback out there. I love it, dude. Like, he, we had him on program out there or something. Oh. It's like, I love it. I think the guy's going to be great. So we had him, and this is what uh, TB25 said we need a quarterback. Uh, so thanks for responding. I've got a couple of people responding on here, so I'll try to get your guys' input on here as well. But like, he. Like is like we had him on the podcast, and if you guys want to hear an awesome interview, go go check it out. Uh, his story is amazing. How he fractured his his orbital bone and came back. Um, and he's just a gunsling, gunslinger where he doesn't care. He kind of reminds me of, and I know this is kind of old, and it kind of shows my age, but Doug Flutie, where he was like all over the place. Yeah, like that's what he kind of reminds me of is, is like a new age Doug Flutie, where he's like, I don't care how it looks. Uh, and, and he's kind of like that that kid playing football in the backyard, right? right? Where you're just like, we don't have any rules, man. We're just gonna roll out. We're gonna throw it. Yeah. I'm gonna get ten yards. I'm gonna do whatever we need to get to the end zone. Like, and that kind of like charisma is infectious, right? Well, it's it, so it contagious. So contagious. And so yeah. it spreads to the the fan base too, because I know there's a lot of people that are pro Brit and. I'm scared, and I've said it on last um, podcast too as well. Is the coaching staff has not done a good enough job? Where I feel bad for Chris Brown because he's a good guy and he has some tools that I think that that he could be a good guy, a good quarterback. But I don't think the the coaching staff has put them him in a position where he's going to be successful. The positions that he's been put in are lime like ultra pressure situations where he has had no recollection of, of how to do things. They're always, you know, prime time games and, you know, they don't use his, you know, talent to do what's best for him. They say, Nope, this is a square peg and it's going in a round hole. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I hope they don't do that with him. Yeah. I hope not either. I, they play to his talents. You know, so yeah, and so this uh fan did Chris Brown transfer or Brit just jump the depth chart? Uh, yeah, Brit jumped the depth chart, yeah, I did. He's still on the team, um, and he's still on the, the media page as well, so he's just jumped the depth chart, yeah. So I doubt Chris Brown will transfer because if he was gonna transfer, I think last year would have been the year, yeah, you know, after they pulled him and and put uh Robbie Patterson in, so I don't see. Chris transferring. I mean, we're going to have transfers. Everybody does. Oh, yeah. I mean, like with Marcus leaving, that was that had not I'd actually talked to his dad. Yeah. He reached out to me. It had nothing to do with like playing. He just needed it was personal and he needed a yeah. different situation. So, I mean, that you cannot ever wrong a guy. Everybody well, in their no. life, you got to do their own thing <laughs> and it's going to happen. I just that's why I worry about fans getting upset. It's like, man, yeah. these are still kids, you know. Yeah. And my my I had a rant on the last episode, like 
the, the, the fan base was getting on him for doing what was best for him. Like, do you understand like the, the injury that he had that he came back from? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you can't in this day and age, like it, it reminds me of baseball where, you know, like the Yankees and the bot and the Boston Red Sox, right? Like where you like, Oh, you, you're one side or the other, you know, other teams, you can't go to the other side and they're pissed off. Like now it's open, right? Everybody goes everywhere. It doesn't matter. Um, and so I just think that you, you can't fault him for doing what's best for him. Yeah, no, I, you can't, you can't ever fault a player for doing what they, you know, it's it's their career and stuff, yep. and sometimes they think that's the right thing to do. So, well, you know, guys, how do you guys feel about going on to Southeast Missouri State? Yeah, let's do it. Good to me. So, um, and I think we have. I have to show this before. Um, I think there's a Semo fan on here. Did you did you see? Could you see that? So I got the comments up. Yeah, Bo five five eight one. I think yeah. he's like. That yeah. third string QB is going to eat your defense <laughs> up more than the ball. Maybe watch a game. And I will admit, I haven't watched Simo yet. Like, like I was saying earlier with ESPN Plus, you can yeah. watch these games and stuff. Yeah, I haven't yeah. watched one. Um, I'm just going off of some stuff I heard at QB Club, and that's that Bobby broke down, and that's about it. So, I can, all I can say to that guy is, is you probably haven't seen a defense like ours, and. I hope he he knows what's gonna happen, um, yeah. because he he's not gonna he better be really really fast, um, because his passing yards he's had 221 yards the last three games, um, and so they're not gonna run him. They've been very heavy, and so let's let's go into Southeast Missouri State, the Red Hawks of the Ohio Valley Conference this year, nine and two guys, five and zero oh on the uh, in their conference. They have one FBS loss in Iowa State where they lost 42 to 10. Yeah. Uh, they played Southern Illinois. That was one of their wins, 31 to 34. They played Nichols, 42 to 16. Central Arkansas, they beat 35 27. Uh, Lindenwood, which is a new, I believe it's a new uh, uh, Division II school coming up, beat them handedly 49 28. Yeah. Played Tennessee Tech 34 to 20. Um, they have a like opponent in Northwestern State. They beat them 51 to 16. Um, and so they had they had the ball for 38 minutes in that game. Sounds like That's the Idaho game. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so uh Eastern Kentucky, they lost 28-23, which is another playoff team. Uh Tennessee uh State, they Eddie, I think that's Eddie George's team, uh 42 to 0. Eastern Illinois, thirty-one to seven, and then they played Murray State, fifty-two to twenty-two. Um, yeah. So that nine and two, I just don't see. You know, Southern Illinois, they came in on hot this year, but then they kind of died off. Yeah. Central Arkansas wasn't really that great. Northwestern State wasn't great. You know, Eastern Kentucky was. They made the playoffs. They're pretty good, but I just don't see any really like teams where, you know. Hey, that, that's a good team, right? They, they well, played maybe one good team and, and they they lost. The OVC, the OVC is not the Big Sky and it's no. not the Missouri Valley. I mean, those the Missouri Valley <clears throat> are the two heavy hitters of the conferences here. I mean, these are that's why we got five teams in in the playoffs. That's why the Grizz got out of the playoffs because you know 
good losses, if you'll say it. I mean, we had the one of the only teams that had Sac State beat. I mean, we're leading them until the end there uh, when we go into overtime. So it's just it's going to be different with yeah. them coming up here. And I mean, generally, you know, when we get these teams from places like Missouri, it's a little warmer weather. They're coming up here in the cold. They've probably never played in front of. And granted, our crowd will be a little lighter because it's Thanksgiving weekend, but it'll be. 17 to 22,000 of the craziest people you've ever seen out there. Yep. You know, anytime it's playoff football, the people that are coming love their football be loud. And so it's going to be, I think, a little eye-opening for them. And I think they're in for a surprise. I, I mean, I expect the Grizz to win big. And that might piss off some SEMO people, but, you know, I don't care. <laughs> they're going to come up here and the Grizz are going to, I mean, they're going to be out for blood after what happened last weekend. Exactly. So- exactly. I think another factor you talk about too is, um, like you said, it's not going to be our biggest crowd, but it's still going to be kind of a shock. I feel like because, I mean, I look at their average this year. Let's see, they average two thousand two hundred twenty-six fans. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and and I don't know what their road games were like, but I think you know we we say it every game, but I think that that crowd factor is still going to play a major effect, even with the smaller crowd. They, they put the numbers out today. The only one bigger than us was Jackson State. Jackson yeah, State. I saw that. Yeah. So yeah, we were, we were averaging twenty five thousand two hundred ninety eight. Yeah. So so you know, go down to uh, just kind of what SEMO has been. Uh, averaging they've been averaging about 36 points a game 236 rushing yards uh 238 passing yards so they're kind of uh balanced in that area but one thing that they you have to look at as well is they're getting 11 37 of their touchdowns 11 of them have been rushing and 26 of them have been passing their totals for total yards are 474 yards third down percentage they're about 40 fourth down they're about 69 percent um and so Time of possession, they're about 29, and that's pretty close with their opponent. They're 29 and 30, kind of. They have actually been losing the time of possession with their opponents. Um, and so they kind of go into, you know, what they have, guys. QB, uh, it's going to be kind of, I hope that they have their ho- their third string because their first string guy is is pretty good. Paxton Delorant, uh, 168 of 264. Like he's got some kind of foot injury or something was what I yeah. Yeah, he, he sprained it or broke something. Yeah, something I, I Lucas, what's the beat writer for the Grizz name? Lucas Sem. Yeah, he was saying he was still in a boot this week. Yeah. So tw- 2,100 <clears throat> yards, 17 touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, but he can also run. He's had 51 attempts for 225 yards and two touchdowns. Um, their guy that has been um, taking some of the uh, snaps is Patrick. I'm going to say his name wrong. Hey, Turt. 21 of 36, 221 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, and he's throwing 58%. Uh, with him, they've really relied heavily on their their uh, their running back, which is a beast, uh, Gino Hess. Yeah. Uh, they, the workhorse, 186 attempts, 1,400 yards plus, seven yards of carry. He's had 19 touchdowns and which those are 19 running touchdowns rushing touchdowns he's also had two passing touchdowns as well he's averaging 145 yards a game um so he's also had 90 yards of receiving as well what's really interesting is they have some guys on the wide receiver side that are big guys six two six four right um ryan flornoy 48 receptions, 755 yards. And then John Johnny King, 60 receptions for 706, which a lot of that, that's kind of glaring because it's like, 
wow, they're they're going to pass, right? Well, no, the last three games they really haven't passed because of the yeah. quarterback. Um, and so it's going to be kind of interesting. We already know what they're going to do. If they don't have their quarterback, they're going to run the ball, yeah. um, which doesn't scare me because it's not their their quarterback, right? It's going right. to be their running back. Um, and so it's going to be more like, you know, I feel like if anything, like the Sac State game where they're yeah. you know, handing off their big back and stuff and going, and, well, we yeah. did a dang good job of stopping Scabbo, I thought. Yeah, so, yeah. So I think that we we could stop him and stuff. Yeah. Why I he's still going to be a horse, and it's and if we're arm tackling, we won't stop him. So we're going to square up and tackle like we know how to tackle and gang and swarm to the ball. And if we do that, we shouldn't have an issue. And those big receivers, I think the the thing there is why they don't hit him so much is I don't think they're as fast. And if they're tall and big guys, they don't think they have the speed to break away, especially our corners. Yeah. Um, I don't see them breaking away from Ford. Go ahead and try to throw at him. I hope yeah. they do. Yeah, I do too. I think well, they'll have a pick if they do. So. Do you think that's the theme in practice this week after last week and then their stud running back is just run defense, run defense, run defense? So on QB Club, we're not supposed to talk about what happens in QB Club. But I <laughs> we're think not supposed to talk about Fight Club. He says that. But I think he'd be okay with this. He said that we are going to – we work on tackling all the time. We're going to work on more tackling this week. <laughs> and they were going to emphasize breaking that, you know, the whole back to the basics, yeah. you know, always back to the basics. It reminds me like when we would first come back to double days, the first thing we'd ever work on is how do you get back into a stance? And it's like all of us have played football our whole lives. It's nope. We're going to figure out how to get in your stance again, boys. And yeah. so yeah. I think they're yeah. going to do a lot of that getting back to the basics, breaking down, no arm tackling, and I think this is a this is going to be a big you know get right game for us on defense, sure. especially. Yeah, I yeah, I, I just I think that that we're going to be favored by a lot, right? We're going to I be favored coming into it by. Ron Lowney said that we're favored by fourteen right now. Yeah, according to and, one of the sports lines or something. Yeah, and I think I think that that might might increase just with the weather kind of changing and also just with what we have and coming mm -hmm. off of the week that we did too as well. You know, and, and I'm kind of the pessimistic, like if we don't, like what is going to happen, right? So I hope that we come back from this game because I, the fallout of losing one of these games, because what, what reminds me of these games where we're coming off is like Coastal Carolina, right? right. Which is not fair because it Coastal Carolina had, like if you go back into that, that coach, he was like a legitimate like millionaire where he had like they came in with like warming benches right. and and stuff like that. So it wasn't kind of it was a sleeping giant over there, which they're doing amazing in the FBS as well. So um, but it, it just kind of worries me. These know nothing teams that come in here. Hopefully we're taking them seriously and hopefully we can kind of get right. Yeah, I don't think this will be a coastal Carolina at all. I yeah. I think this is going to be more like Sela. This is my my feeling, and I still can't believe Idaho's going to Sela. <laughs> I know. I heard they didn't know how to do the bidding process right or something. I was like, what? Oh, but man. anyway, what happened to region? Yeah, what happened to regionalization there? But exactly. Um, right? <laughs> yeah. um but I, personally, I think we're gonna. When it comes to SEMO, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of tape on. I've seen a little bit. Yeah. I just think the the defense that we have, I don't think they've seen a defense like that. No. Same mm -hmm. with their defense. I don't think they've seen what our – I mean, if our offense can click, like I know we can, um, they probably haven't seen one like that either. So, Well, in their, their, their defense, if you look at their defense, their defense, you know, they're still allowing 365 total yards a game. 
you know, they're a little bit more stingier on the, on the rush defense, but you know, we, if we want to be a really good team, like we're not, our, our, our playmakers are not in the running back, right? Osmo's a great, great running back, but he's not a playmaker, right? He, he, and, and you can kind of battle me on that of, Oh, look at the last couple. Yeah. But we've been playing crappy run teams, right? A lot of these games that our running backs have had uh, when they've broken out, are not against good rushing defenses. And if you really want to be a playmaker, you you do it against the good teams. And so our playmakers on the passing, if we want to do that, we run with Britt, we run with Lucas Johnson, we run, we get those yards, we throw it out uh, to the outside to our running backs. But we really need to be focusing on getting our playmakers involved. And that goes to the wide receivers and the tight end yeah. area. Like you, you get into my point, he's saying we have, this is the best wide receiver yeah. he's ever had. Use it. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. Get Flowers the ball in space. Yeah. Get Fonts the ball some more. I mean, get five guys out of there, right? Get, get Bergen the ball some more. I yep. mean, that catch he made against Idaho, I mean, that was on Sports Center over and over again. That was crazy. Yeah. I mean, you don't do that sort of thing. He, these guys are talented. Let's yeah. use them. Well, and some some of the like the closer end zone ones where we've been in the end zone, <clears throat> I don't get why you don't get in and they haven't had the experience, but get Nick Williams in there, 6'4. Get Ryan Simpson in there, six six, and just yeah. throw the damn ball up, right? Just yeah. go jump for it. Like, what's what's the worst that can happen? It goes on the end, out of the end, the end zone. Yeah. We were but, doing that against Eastern a couple times with Simpson. Yeah. We try to do that yep. jump ball. And stuff. Yep. So it'd be nice to see more of that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, just to go into their special teams, uh, their punters they're averaging about thirty nine yards a game on their punt. <clears throat> their kicker is pretty good. He's averaging about 58 yards. Um, their field goal kicker is pretty good. Um, he's hitting about 71%. He's 15 of 21. His long is um, 54 yards. So he's two of three from 50 plus. Um, so if it's a close game, they've got the edge in the, <laughs> the field goal kicking. Uh, just but has our... he ever kicked in the cold? Well, right. that, there, there you go. That's, that's, <laughs> no. that's totally well, different. Way different, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in southeast Missouri, I know they get cold, but it's not going to be a cold like this. Um, yeah. and so there's just that wet cold, yeah, the humid. So, uh, they're you know, their kick returns, they've kind of had guys go in and out. That Ryan Flournoy has had two for uh 26 yards each. Uh, the uh, Dalen McDonald's has he does their most of their kick returns 13 for 285, he's averaging about 21. Uh, kick return average. Um, and then it, he's also their punt returner and he's averaging about eight for their punt. Um, and so looking at it, I would still say comfortingly that we have the edge on the special teams, maybe not the field goal kicking. Um, and then their defense is kind of, it's weird. They have, a, they, they have 10 inter- interceptions. They've got 25 sacks. Um, a lot of their DBs are their are high in their their tackles, right? And so just to kind of go and we can talk after that, guys. You know, Brian Norman is their leading tackler and their linebacker with a hundred tackles, uh, three and a half tackles for loss, two sacks, one interception. Lawrence Johnson's their DB, their second leading tackler with 66 tackles. He's got seven and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, and one interception. So either they're blitzing their cornerbacks. Because they, they have another corner, a DB that's got uh, a couple interceptions. Their linebacker, also Christian Furman, 54 tackles, three sacks, 
Uh, William McCall, their DB, 44 tackles, two interceptions. Um, and then their their linebacker, Ken, uh, Kendall Booker, 22 tackles, six tackles for loss, four sacks, and one interception uh, as a linebacker. So I think they're a stingy defense. I think that we really, really, really need to make sure that we're not turning over the ball because the last couple of games we've kind of been losing that that turnover margin as well. And I think that's really important for us to get kind of back in that realm and winning that game. Um, but I, I, none, none of this stuff kind of worries me. The, the DB kind of thing for four sacks, like what? how are they using that guy? That'll be interesting to see how they use him. Um but yeah, no, their defense doesn't scare me. You know, it kind of reminds me of oh, oh, I can't think of the team that we played this year off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're good offensively. It'll be interesting to see who plays, right? Who's yeah. going to be playing quarterback position for us? I think it kind of comes down to that. I honestly don't know how Lucas comes back from that. I don't know that I want him to play this game, honestly, because, I mean, if we want any chance of a run at all, it would be nice to have him healthy later, and I don't know risking that right now. And I'm not saying, you know, Simo's a team to mess around with at all, but I think, you know, Britt brings the tangibles that can keep the offense moving. Yeah. Um, that why risk it with, with Johnson? I don't know. It, I mean, he, he, he clearly did not look healthy, you know, that, that second half against um, the Cats. You know, he looked good that he dropped that dime that first series. Yeah. But um, like you said, he wasn't scrambling, wasn't taking off running. So is it more of a liability to put him in when he's injured like that versus Britt? I, I don't know. I think I'd go with Britt if he's not 100% healthy. I mean, what's 100% this late in the season, though, too, I guess, right? Exactly. Well, I, I agree with you. I think that if Lucas's knee is messed up, it's going to mess with his throwing motion because you are got mm-hmm. you know, your whole body there. And then it takes away that half of his game. I mean, Hulk said it in the early season. He's like, we want him running. That's that's part of his game. He wouldn't be Lucas Johnson if he couldn't. I don't think he can run. He couldn't no. this last game. No. So let's go with Brett. And then, too, it's like if we're going to develop a quarterback for next year, let's, let's see now. what he's got. I mean, we keep seeing these <laughs> little glimpses. Let's see what he's got. And if he falls in his face, he falls in his face. Put Chris Brown back in or put Lucas Johnson in. But – why risk Lucas getting injured more? Like to your point, mm-hmm. yeah. and let's let's see what Brett's got. I mean, well, why the, only th- the only thing with that is is are they going to let him go out there and be him and, and right. open the playbook, or are they going to just say, "Hey, we're just going to do run pass option. You're going to run it, you know, twelve times, and we're going to run the ball, and we might take a couple shots across the middle." Um, if they're going to go gung ho on 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 Brett, you got to go. You got to go one hundred percent, right? Yeah. And I, I think, and what you said, Luke, is the, his throwing motion. You could see it in that yeah. game. Like he was, he was coming off, like and not wanting to put pressure on it. And it was kind of sometimes it was killing the balls down and yeah. killing balls way up high. Um, and so, honestly, with what I've seen, is how is true to his guys. Right, this is one of his guys. He's yeah. recruited Lucas since he was a kid. Uh, he was at San Diego State, you know, he's, you know, didn't missed on him on the first time and, and went to Georgia Tech. Um, and so this is one of his guys. I'm leery of that just because I don't want him to just be like, well, this is my guy. I'm going to go out there with my guy. And it he, he takes him out at halftime because it's not going 
too good and, and we're, we've got a hole, right? Well, I think part of that is Lucas is, I mean, he is one tough SOB. Yeah. He's he's tough. I mean, the guy's playing through. I mean, I guess during the Idaho game, he was sick and I think he had some injuries there. Yep. And his last game, he was obviously hurt and playing. And mm-hmm. I think being the tough guy he is, he's telling Bobby, I can go. I'm good. You know, and it's like as a coach, though, and as a leader, he should be go, he should be able to pull back and go, you know what? Not right now. We need you healthier, and maybe we just need to hold you out because you don't have to be that tough guy in here. We've got Britt here that can do this or whoever it may be. So I'm hoping that they look at that because according to Bobby, everybody's healthy. We'll see. If that, you know, that's like like whenever the two deep comes out, I'm like, don't ever trust the two deep. It's full of deception and lies. So well, have you even seen the two deep for a while? Like one so one, had, one week it was like there and then it disappeared. It disappeared for like all of our losses. It was not there. Yeah. And then about two <laughs> weeks ago, what was it? I think the Cal Poly game, they released it again because then Lucas Sem posted it and then it hasn't been back up since. So I don't know. I thought you had to post your two deep, but who knows? Yeah. Well, and that, and that right, right there, like Mike, you you said winning the state, right? You, that pisses me off because as, as a person that's doing a podcast, I'm not trying to get fame. I'm not going to get fame. I'm not going to get money doing this. I do this because I love the Grizz. I love Grizz sports and I want to, you know, I I love talking sports. Right. And so, you know, and I want them to be great. I want to be that fan that says, oh, yeah, we won the national championship, right? Or I was there or, you know, my, mine, and I was there with Mike, man, right? 2009, Appalachian State. App State, the, yeah. The best game I've ever been to. One yeah. of the most amazing times I've had. Um, and so you you live those those times and you, and you kind of just live those. But as fans and as people that aren't – I'm not a part of the media. By no means is this podcast – a professional podcast that's going to get picked up by, you know, what, whoever. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not out to get you. I, I, I'm, I'm not here to, to pin you against, Oh, I gotcha. Any of those gotcha questions. Right. But we have to make sure that the program is being highlighted, right. Yeah. It's out there for people um, in the, <laughs> the coaches uh, press conferences. I, I think they're comical. I love watching them just because I I, I just want to like I just want to see who I would love to see the, their their expressions. I they would should have a camera on the other side yeah. that gets their expressions because that would be great. Where you could be like two sides where person gets on the question and I then agree. you see how that would be so priceless. Like you get so much fan interaction with that. Oh, sometimes God. I get uncomfortable watching them. <laughs> like, I'm just... Like, poor Rainey sometimes. I mean, oh, he'll get and I'm just like, you can tell he's like, oh, well, oh, yeah. yeah. Last year it was Frank Gagola. Yeah, <laughs> just getting them yeah, brought to it. And then, yeah. It. But, yeah. Yeah. You well, just didn't know if you were getting that. Lucas is going to get, like, take that role too, because I think the last one, Lucas oh, yeah. got it too. Yeah. And, oh, man. Like, it, it, it just, I, I want the fan base to be able to you know, get to them. Right. And, and it doesn't help Hauk out where he's kind of, I think he's kind of nervous of the media where answering questions like that, isn't going to help you with the media. And you look at the neighbors and, 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 and Nuanez Coulter has said this, he yeah. does more, he does more stories on the, the neighbors because 
they want him there. They welcome him in. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's part of winning the state as well. Like Mike said, is we've got to be able to make sure that we're, we're doing the right things. And I don't think we are. Yeah. It feels like to me, the only person that's allowed to do that stuff is Riley. Like, because. And so he's out there. And so, you know, I think it's good that he goes on with Nuanez every Monday. I actually listen to that too. Just, Oh yeah. Those two talk about it and stuff, but I'm surprised he gets to say some of the things that he says. I I am too because <laughs> he says I'm like, man, I'm surprised Hawk's not getting. It. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't listen to any of that, but oh, I'm sure I'm sure he does. I'm sure he talks to Riley and says something like, "Really, is that how you feel about That's me, Riley? Just yeah. just wait till the coaches show. I'm going to get you on this one." Like, <laughs> but like, I mean, like this weekend we're on ESPN too. Yeah, it's like I mean, this yeah. is huge for recruiting and everything again. Oh yeah, and it's like I couldn't believe they put us on ESPN too, because usually yeah. the first round games don't get the big yeah. ESPN stations, and this is the weekend of like the Egg Bowl, the Iron Bowl is going on, Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio State, yeah. all those games are going on, and then they're putting us on it, Big Sky yeah. After Dark, sort of. Yeah. Yes, it's. I'm pumped about. It. That's why I was, yeah. was like so glad that I could be close to town and get to go to this game. Because I've actually never been to a night game at Washington. Oh, dude. When I was playing, we didn't have night games. There was no lights, and we just didn't have them then. It was all day games. And so it's like, man, I, I'm pumped about going to a night game. And the fact that it's going to be an ESPN, too. I mean, this is huge for our program. Bobby said something where he's like, this game is going to be on every bar in America at night. Yeah. Because yep. it's the late game. It's the game that's going to be on. So it's huge for us. So, I mean, yep. we should be promoting the heck out of it. Trying to pack that stadium with as many people as we can get because it's we want that product to look good on national TV because you never know what kid could be watching and go, Man, that looks awesome! I want to yeah. go play there, exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and that just go, goes to it is that do we need to? And, and it would be interesting to talk to Riley and see what he knows, uh, and, and off, off hand, probably yeah. just to say, Okay, so who has that control right is it how is it the department is it because and, and i've had run-ins with the department and, and it it literally is hard it is hard yeah. as a non-media person to get there's a lot of rules there's a lot of this a lot of this and, and so i don't know i they're they're shooting themselves in the foot a little bit with that area mm-hmm. um which i think that they could do better in and so I don't know. I don't think that that gets changed, though. I, I really don't. I think th- some other things will change. I don't think that will change. I don't think it will either because of the way Bobby feels about media and yeah. all. I mean, I think it stems. I mean, he's the head coach. He's the leader. I think it stems from there. And that's why I'm glad that there are, you know, podcasts like this. that we can, They're like therapy sessions for me, especially yeah. You get to listen to them and just kind of, you know, I mean, there's times when you and Ainge are talking and I'm like, it's exactly what I was saying. I'm across <laughs> South Dakota, North Dakota, and just, you know, yelling back at my podcast going, exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying, you know? So yeah. it's, I think it's helpful for, for everybody in the fan base to have things like this, just because the U's not putting out a bunch of stuff. I mean, like the only one is the one that Riley does, and he barely gets a little bit out of Bobby and he's the yeah. one guy that can pull stuff out of him. Well, and so, when they were in their, their losing streak, too, he didn't have that on. No, like, it was dead, too, for, like, yeah. a month. Yeah, the, 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 the was it the Grizz Den or the – Inside the Den or whatever. Inside the Den, yeah. yeah. There was nothing all of a sudden. No. I was like, huh. Yeah, it was, Do you think that goes into winning the state, too, though? Like, just the limited amount of content fans have to be excited to, to listen to. to look, I to think look it for. does. I think yeah. it totally goes. It just – 
kids these days, it's not the old, you know, where there was no social media. Now that everything's out there, you can go on Twitter yeah. and see all that stuff. So yeah. it's it's important. I think it's just sure. it's something that we need to accept and do more of because yeah. all of our all of our competition is. I mean, look at Coach X. Some of the crap he was doing out there. I mean, that guy is out there. He's challenging yeah. their fans to go sit behind the opponent's team and yell at them and stuff. He goes within reason. It's like, you know, you'd never see Bobby's doing something like that. Ever. No. Well, in, in this summer, like I, I was like, wow. And I, and I think I've told some friends too. I was like, Oh man, Idaho's coming back. Like their coach is out there. He's constantly on yeah. Twitter. Him and his wife are on there. Hey, we're on the road again, going to this recruit, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so like that, that that has a lot of pull. They're getting and, that excitement going. Oh, yeah, you know? I was excited as not as a non-Vandal fan. I was like, man, this guy, he's gonna get this program going. Um, and so that kind of makes me apprehensive too. Is you see all these programs, and we're kind of going back. I'm sorry, I've not really structured the podcast very well. <laughs> um, we're going, we're jumping all over the place, but I think it's like the the, the therapy, as you said. Yeah, right. Um, you see all these teams kind of getting up a little bit higher and catching up. And I think a lot, some of the teams have caught up with the Grizz, um, you know, Sac state. I, and I'm going to piss off some Sac state fans. Um, I, I don't think they're to the Montana yet just because they haven't won a playoff game. <laughs> well, their facilities are crap too. Their facilities are crap and, and they haven't won a playoff game. They are legitimately always out in the first round of the playoffs. Um, the cat, the, the neighbors, they're great. They, they beat us and I, I have to live with that because I work with cat fans at yeah. work and I had to see it because I live in Sheridan, Wyoming, and there's lots of cat fans and there's cat actual kids that go up there that play up there for them from Sheridan. And so I, I don't, I don't live it down all year. Yeah. And so it, it, it's just, and this also just to have game day go there. How are your guys' thoughts on that? Cause I'm still pissed that they got game day. So I, I was pissed at first because like, <laughs> last year there was a bunch of us that were making memes and pushing it out to yep. them. And I mean, we had those kids that went game day up on the M. Yeah. I mean, I remember when that came out, I was down, I think we we're down in Northern Colorado and that happened and stuff. I mean, it felt like, felt like they coattailed us, you know, yeah. is, yep. is how I felt. But at the same time, I was pissed at first. And then I was like, you know what? It's going to, you know, show the Grizz too. And I actually, after watching it, feel like they did a really good job. Like they did. I mean, it, the only thing that was a big flop was Nick Faldo. I mean, it's like, I mean, yeah, that, that's and not, that wasn't Montana State, you know, picking that either. It was just like, are you kidding me, Nick Faldo? I mean, they had Flint Rasmussen right there. Yeah. You know, why not? I mean, and I think it's because unless you're a PBR fan or Montana, you probably don't know who right. Flint Rasmussen is, but yeah. Have Jan Stenerud or somebody. I mean, it's just yeah. like, well, did you hear him on on the broadcast where they interviewed him? He's like, "Yeah, my wife and ha- moved here last summer." And I'm like, "Oh my god, are you kidding me?" But he'd been to one other game, one other yeah. cat yeah. game. That was it. It's like this is the guy, really. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's Nick Faldo, but still, it's like if you're you're highlighting the state of Montana, find dude, a. You know, they should have uh, brought Brent, uh, Brent Musburger in, dude. Like that would have been that, that would have been awesome. But even though he is a, a Grizz fan, I think more than a cat fan, but still yeah. Brent is a professional. <laughs> oh yeah. He would have, you know, been really good for it and stuff. Yeah. 
Oh, and he, he just he, the the professionalism he has, but also just like he's huge, right? Like yeah. I love like the, if you hear his voice, like he's that economy voice, right? Yeah. His voice, you hear a game and you're like, oh, yep. So, um, Mike, I know you, you didn't get to say how you felt about game day, and then we'll kind of go into your guys's keys of the game, um, and then we'll give. If you guys want to give predictions, you can. If you don't, that's fine too. Yeah, no, um, Luke pretty much took the words out of my mouth. I, I agree. Like at first I was I was kind of upset, but you know what it is, what it is. And I mean, if it was gonna be a fifty-five to twenty-one showing, <laughs> then maybe um I'm okay that it didn't come to Missoula to taint that. But um yeah, I think the only I mean MSU did a fantastic job putting that on. They really did. I think their viewership was pretty high. I saw some numbers out today too. Yeah. Um that yeah, the viewership was awesome. So a lot of the country got to see um, not only what MSU is about, what the Grizz are about, they got to see the FCS in general, not just the big sky. So I think it was good all around, to be honest. And um, like I said, I mean, uh, MSU did a great job putting it on. I agree. The only miss I felt like was Faldo, Sir Nick Faldo. Um, I think, uh, you know, there are a lot of options out there. Um, so who knows? Maybe, maybe next time, wherever they go and, you know, they can get, um, somebody better on if, if there's ever another future uh, Montana school to host or even FCS for that matter. It's a host. They can kind of redeem themselves with a guest picker. But um, no, the only other thing I was going to say too, and I meant to say this earlier, but did you guys see the end of game interview with Tommy Malott? Yes. Yeah, man. It's hard not to like that guy. He's, I mean, I re I quoted that tweet just because. Yeah. That kid's got class. I mean, he's got class. I mean, yeah, he can play. He's got class. He's so like a very mature player. I mean, just listening to him right there after the game. Um, he could have said a lot of things there, but man, he's, he's awesome. You you know, he's a really cool kid. So he's a a good kid. He gets the rivalry. Mm -hmm. He gets, he does. I was like, yeah. after I watched that, I went, yep, there's the next governor of Montana. Yeah, no, great. Yeah, I no, I have nothing but respect for him, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. So um, exactly. props to him on that. So exactly. what was your other question, though, Adam? Well, like, um, I was just going to go into keys <laughs> of the game, what, what you guys think the keys of the game for SEMO uh, are going to be. And then if you guys want to give a prediction, you, you guys can. Um, Angel, um, if he's going to listen to this, he, he's been kicking my butt. Uh, I have not won one this year. And 6-0, six, six and oh, you know, we've tied a couple. It, it has been ugly. Um, so I do so what, him like a six-pack. So what do you? Yeah, I was going to say, what do you have to do if you lose? If I lose? Yeah. To like him? What, yeah. Do you guys like have a bet on the line or something? No, we just bet. <laughs> Okay, you you guys should really like next year you should think about this but you should make some just absurd bet to where like if he loses he has to float the clark fork in a bikini with no sunscreen <laughs> and just put that tan line on him or something like just some absurd bet like you guys yeah. should make something next year um there'd have to be stipulations where none of us could get fired from our job because <laughs> i have two kids and i don't want to get fired from my job <laughs> But no, uh, the, these are my uh, keys of the game. You guys can uh, say if you agree with them or if they're uh, crazy. I know foremost, you know, with with their uh, their beast of a running back, I'm going to forget his name. Um, Gino Hess. Uh, we've got to stop the run. Um, we've got to come back and make sure that we are dominant 
finishing tackles. We've got to win the turnover margin. That hasn't been happening lately. We've got to win the turnover margin. And then get going on offense. Get our playmakers the ball. I don't care how we do it. Just get them the ball. Get Bergen the ball. Get Fonts the ball. Because I think that is we're keeping to our our guys, right? Yep. And not playing those, those big guys, uh, those playmakers. And then just let the defense just unleash. And I think that's going to happen. Luke, you've said that too, yeah. is they're going to unleash on this team so bad that the only thing I, I, I think I worry about that is they're going to unleash so much that they're going to get blown, right? That they're going to over pursue and try to get people. We could see a lot more penalties for roughing the pass or just because they're going to, they're going to want to get this taste out of their mouth. Uh, Luke, what do you think? So, um, say- real quick, Luke, before you go, I have to laugh okay. at Mace's comment here about a, a podcast in a bikini. bikini. Oh no, dude, that'd be great. Turn off the video for that, otherwise we all lose. But I don't think I don't think anyone wants to see that. Like, oh yeah. man, yeah, it should be easier in the zoo. Yeah, like Sheridan's kind of small, um, <laughs> and there's a lot of people that that know me here in this small town. So, um. We'll, we'll have to do that. Thanks, Mike. I think that's going to be out there now. <laughs> um, as far as, like, the keys to the game, I agree with you. I think tackling and pursuing pursuit to the ball is going to be huge on defense and just, you know, playing with that relentless mentality where they're just attacking all the time because it doesn't feel like we've been blitzing and attacking like that yeah. and just really stopping that run. Um, and then on offense, I think it's just, you know, score first and score often. <clears throat> We got it. We got it. I think if we can get that first score, it'll give us the momentum and then, yeah. you know, watch out. So um, I, I'm really excited to see. I hope they start bread. I mean, oh, I just I, I think I think Lucas is just so banged up. You just yeah. need to give him time. So I'm just I'm excited to see what the offense can do. And I hope we like you said, spread the ball around and just light it up a little bit. Well, know? and just if, if Lucas probably isn't listening, but. There is life after football, right? And yeah. I don't want him like you injure your knee bad enough, man. Like it stays with you. And I have a bad knee, not to the point where you know Angel has some issues um, with playing football. And he he'll, he'll tell you the first first thing is yeah it it's that it sucks right. That was the reason I the doctor said when I, when I had to stop and do the start coaching was because they're like we're not going to let you play, and I was like why not? And they're like. Are you going to play in the NFL? I said, no, I'm not going to play in the NFL. You kidding? And they're like, okay, then do you want to walk later yeah. in life? I'm like, yeah. And to this day, I have pain in my feet and knees, like from the injury that is every day. But, you know, at the same time, people are like, was it worth it? I'm like, hell yeah, I would do it all over again in yeah. a second. Yep. But you do have that residual pain. So there's a point where it's like, you know, especially Lucas, he's right at the end here. It's like, you don't want to push it over that edge and stuff so that you're, having to deal with an injury for your whole life. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mike. I will make a score prediction later whenever you're ready for that. Okay. Yes, Mike. What what Um, are your thoughts, man? Yeah, nothing new to what you guys said. And and like you guys said, uh, I really do hope Britt starts as well. Um, For those reasons as well, but more of a selfish one too. Like TB25 had a comment on here, like we need a quarterback. I want to see if we do. Do we already have a quarterback or do we need one? Like I want to see. Um, yeah, there's another comment there. Britt has a lot of potential. Um, I agree. And I think I don't 
with the tangibles that Britt brings, I don't think it's that much of a drop off, you know, to put him in, you know, that much of a gamble. Like I said, I don't want to write Simo off like somebody said, and I don't think we would yeah. be doing that by playing Britt. I think it's almost more of a liability to play an injured Lucas Johnson than it is a healthy Daniel Britt, um, in my opinion. So play who's healthy. Um, yeah. yeah, stop the run. I mean, just getting back to the fundamentals, like let's let's make some tackles this weekend. Let's play assignment football. Um, and then special teams. Let's get back. Let's just try to get crisp on special teams as well because, like you said, that's been a struggle all year. Doesn't mean we have to write it off for the year. Let's just get better there. So, yeah. And uh, also, Ron, I think I, I would rather be on the NDSU side this year just because they're not as strong as they usually are. And I think I think we could match up well with North Dakota. Well, um, and Bobby's so, been wanting a piece of NDSU for oh, yeah. he's been back. He's been saying that's who we want. That's yeah. the ones we got to throw them. So, yep. you know, I mean, we got to take care of business here first. But sure. I look forward to that. That's a great measuring stick, too. You know, yep. NDSU. And would you go ahead? Then what happens? You know, I mean, it's just right. like this is a whole new season. So what? What do you think of the bracket? So uh, I thought Weaver got screwed. I do too. I think they should have been a seed. Yeah, well, I mean, the I think cat, some of those they, other seeds. I'm like, are you kidding me? And the cats. I mean, cats, I, hate, they, I hate the cats. I cannot stand the cats. Yep. But at the same time, they got screwed too. They should have been. They a did. Fight. I agree. I don't know how they got dropped there, but yeah, yeah I, that's I purely the Bison have done it for so many years, and the committee gave them, you know. But it it and it could be some of the regionalization too. I don't I don't know. There could be we don't want to see NDSU and SDSU on the same side of the bracket. We want them yeah. on the opposite. And I feel like there's some of that. I don't know, but definitely yeah. it feels like Weber got screwed out of a seed, and mm -hmm. the Cats should have been one higher seed. But I have a coworker that her son plays for the cats and um she was at a watch party um at the field house uh -huh. um sunday and she said that it the the first reaction was hey the grizz got in holy cow and then the second one was holy cow our seed we got jumped by north dakota state yeah and so there's a lot of pissed off people that well, they got it, jumped it feels like the cat fans on twitter are more upset that we got in then happy <laughs> that they got a seed. I'm like, yeah. man, you should be pumped. Yeah, that you're a four seed and you get a buy. Instead, exactly. you're just yes because you kicked our ass and we still made it in. It's like, so, on that note, isn't Simo the team that was the coin flip team, coin yeah, toss team? Yeah. So that'll be kind of interesting to see too, because this game could make the committee look like a bunch of geniuses or a bunch <laughs> of idiots. I mean, yeah. either way, you know, like yeah. So. That's, well, that's and that wasn't that wasn't done by the committee. That was done by their conference. Well, I mean, as far as putting Montana in, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I mean, you get that one big conference where you come down to a coin flip. You know, well, I I don't know. We'll see. And and I also just like I just want them to beat the crap out of this team, just because I want the naysayers like just to get off our back. Yes, we'll beat we'll beat a team that's a winning a record winning team. Record. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and all ultimately like, yeah, they have a winning record, but how good is an OVC team? The, the OVC has right. not been good for very long. Yeah. Um, you know, Which... it's, it, it's kind of hit and miss, right? The three best conferences are the big sky, you know, the Missouri Valley and you're kind of CAA. I would go is, to CAA next as yeah. well. Yeah, but even then, you know, you're kind of like, oh, are they really good? Because they're beating each other up, 
and they have a whole they have a lot of teams now 14 i think teams in that conference they lost jmu and so it's kind of hard to kind of decipher who what's what yeah and i think it's going to take more than one uh more than one game to to fight off the naysayers though Um, just because you're like talking about like how good is that conference you know so but if we can take out zemo and then north dakota state State, that just that turns that narrative right around i mean yeah everything so that's why i say it's it's a whole new season they can still accomplish some of their goals one of the goals make the playoffs yeah their goal i mean deep run i mean those things are still achievable so man looking at our side of the bracket like if we could somehow get past that NDSU game, the door is wide open on our side of the bracket. Yeah, it really is. All right, boys. Well, I won't keep you too long. We're two hours plus. So um, predictions, Um, you got to, you want to go first, uh, Mr. Luke? Sure. Sure. So um, I am predicting a Grizz win at uh, 34, 17, 34, 17. All right. Mike, you got a you got one. Uh, I was just writing it down when Luke said that, but I was gonna go. Uh, I said thirty four twenty one. So I had the same offense, but a little different on defense. All right. Well, so I've got two. <laughs> uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you why. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna give you two. I, I'm gonna give you my real one. I'm gonna give you my my kind of like lenient one. Um, if they have their QB, their starting QB, I think we're going to be, it's going to be a dog fight. I think it'll be a pretty close game. And so I thought, you know, 31, 24, if they have their quarterback, I don't think they're going to have their quarterback. And so my real one is Grizz win 38, seven. Nice. Wow. So well, like, I, I feel a 17 <clears throat> might be high. Like, yeah. I think it's going to be high. Defense is pissed and it could yep. be one of these games where, they get one garbage touchdown, or it could be thirty-four nothing. Yeah. But at the same time, this is a playoff team too, and they're playing yep. playoff football. And these guys want to win just as bad, and so I always look. You know, you can get one touchdown, two touchdowns, and a field goal. You know, one's probably a garbage one or something. So that's why I'm thinking seventeen. But yeah, you just I really think our D has got something to prove after getting embarrassed last weekend. Oh yeah, embarrassed. Literally, like. Big time embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> I like base there. 38 7. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm shooting from the hip here. I know really nothing about SIBO. I hear they run an RPO. Yeah. I know nothing. So we'll yeah. see what happens. But, well, and, you know, it, it, who, who knows? Anything can happen. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm hoping that we turn this around. Um, guys, I can't thank you enough for, for filling in and we're going to definitely have to do this again sometime. Totally had a lot of fun. This, this counseling session was really good for my soul. Um, and so I I thank you guys for enough spending the two hours plus, uh, going into this with me. Um, thanks for the, the people commenting and kind of being a part of our show too. Uh, that's been new. That's the first time we've had this. So um, yeah, that was really cool. I didn't know yeah, that was cool. a thing. I was I, I figured out how to turn them on, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool." I've been watching <laughs> the whole time. So yeah, so hopefully we can do that a little bit more. And and thanks for uh, being a part of this. And go Grizz! Fight on! Fight on! <laughs>